Anyway, if you guys are ready, I can count us in. We should probably start recording first. What the f*** going on down there? Hi there, everyone. It's uh, this is this is Vangelis on TFW2005.com with WTF at TFW2005.com. It's your podcast about Transformers. Woo! Am I am I tired? I have had a busy, busy weekend, and I don't think anyone. I, I can't think of anyone who would be able to to really say they had as hard a weekend as I did. But I don't know, Aaron. Aaron, you're here. Do you still have all your hair? Uh, well, I, I haven't looked in a while. Um. No, you'd know because I found out I can feel microcurrents in the house. Uh-huh. I can tell, uh, like, where the lights are out of some of the light fixtures because I feel additional radiant heat on one side or the other of my now bald head. You, you've act- you've discovered your mutant power? You've activated yeah. your sixth sense? That's why all the, like, in kung fu movies, the master's always bald, isn't he? He's cheating. Yeah, it's because he can feel what you're going to do before you do it. Uh, well, we'll touch on what happened to you uh, in a couple minutes here, but also TJ Omega, you're here as well. Yeah, I am, and astonished as my schedule has been a complete mess this weekend. Yeah, although the the main reason that we were going back and forth on when to record, it seems like a good one because it would be you checking out Doctor Strange, which I still haven't actually planned on doing. I'm going to do it because I want to see it in 3D, but I, I don't have a plan. God, it, it wasn't so much me going to Doctor Strange. It was nobody telling me when anything was happening. Yeah, that too. It's criti- kind of critical to scheduling. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to do it the mathematical style, if you're going to do it like artistic style... You kind of just first you got to shave your head, then you feel where all right. the wind currents are mm-hmm, coming from, mm-hmm. and you follow those mm-hmm. to um, avant-garde scheduling. Well, if we're going to talk about avant-garde, let me tell you about Aaron over there, who's uh, who's turned all Heisenberg on us. Because uh, Aaron, you did extra life, and you hit the goal to shave your head. Yes, uh, it was actually Gerotimus that put me over, and then uh, very late into the evening. Um, had kind of been hanging on, but wasn't sure when he was going to show up to be um, one of the official shearers, I guess. Of course, the man with the shaven head and, made you yeah. shave your head. That's, hmm. Yeah. And uh, so then everyone was like, no, 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 let's just do it now. So instead, it was very butchered. So you can find on my Twitter stream quite a few like intermediate process photos. I really liked it when you had shaved most of it, but left like sort of the top half in place. I thought that was really yeah. uh, cool. It uh, was it was like something out of a horror flick. You should have what, what I would have told you to do, and maybe you know make this your two thousand dollar goal, is you just shave up the middle, uh, but not like balding patch, but like just shave the front half up the middle and leave a couple points coming down the sides, like some sort of reverse mohawk. Yeah, but like it's sideways and on the back of your head. Right. I think that would that would raise money for the kids. Is what I'm what I'm saying. Sure. Um, Aaron, I, I raised some money for the kids, too. You did. I caught some of that stream. You got up to uh, $236? Yeah. Uh, and I, I was... Uh, it was my first time doing a, a 12-hour stream all by myself. Um, and, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, I mean, I don't know what you did this weekend, but I think I probably had the hardest weekend of all. I had I spent 12 hours sitting at my computer. Uh, every now and then I got up to take a five-minute break. Um, I, I ordered a pizza. And uh, and I sat in a chair most of the time. Like, man, 
oh, man, I was. And then I had to go to improv right afterwards. And then I saw an mm-hmm. improv show and I was out at a pub twice all night. And like, I am pooped. I am pooped, Aaron. Uh, I don't know. What, so difficult. What were you doing? I mean, like, well, for 24 hours. Uh, we did, I did a lot of stuff, um, Civ 5, or Civ 6, uh, some Star Trek Online, The Darkest Dungeon, um, got to do some PlayStation VR stuff, uh, that was fun, I, uh, Drake Wisser, one of the, uh, one of our team members. Cool. Um, the, the box it comes in is a presentation box, it's like as you open it up, it's very beautiful, almost like the, uh, the Lego Porsche, the new, like, orange Lego Porsche. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they set. they got to make you feel good about that purchase up front somehow, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But actually, no. I was surprised at how um, how good the fidelity was on it. It mm. you, there was still like some screen door to it, but for head tracking, it was it was um, very on point. Uh, I liked the games that didn't have you moving in an incongruous fashion to the way that you weren't moving in real life. Oh, so you, you weren't too good when you had, like, a, a physical disconnect? So, so yeah, so there was, like, the street luge one, and you steer by, like, turning your head left and right. And I got through about two minutes of that and just had to be like, okay, I'm stopping this because I don't want to throw up. And yeah, then there's, everybody there's... else's response is like, yeah, the deep sea one was cool, the pong one was cool, the discovery one was cool, that street luge was just asking for vomit. There's a. Uh, I talked to someone who's developing a, a VR game at a, a TCAF in Toronto when I first got to try VR myself on a Vive, and apparently, like there, there is actually an entire genre of podcasts of people talking about making VR software, and it's podcasts aimed at makers of VR because it's such a new platform to operate in. Yeah, uh, there's huge amounts of discussion about the do's and don'ts, and that in many cases those do's and don'ts are still so new that. They are treated kind of more as uh, maybe do's and maybe don'ts. Yeah. No, for me, like I said, the big disconnect was something that was moving, especially something because that Street Luge had a very good sense of speed to it visually, which is why when I, sitting in a chair, wasn't moving, it did a very good job of making me feel like it was about ready to just blow chunks. Mm-hmm. It was it was super rough, but um, enjoyed had did that uh, for board games. I bought my third copy of Risk Legacy uh, to he's, be like an office copy. You just want to keep having those sealed envelopes. Yeah. So that was the thing of there was one other person that has played Risk quite a bit. Uh, James Swanson, also a team member. And we were sitting there like he and I were the ones that like we're starting to take it real serious. Uh I won the first game and then there are a couple others that were playing um that also like started to get the idea of like oh now that we make it permanent this like changes things. It's not like a normal board game where up oh, I lost that one big time. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to know. You write it down and it's permanent. And it's on there. And so then there were three people that were sitting there very much like, man, I, I, I do, I know I got to go. I got to go. I got to go for the win. I got to try. And then, you know, have it win or have it fail. And then just be like, oh, no. 
and have those very visceral reactions to things going well or going poorly. It's and then again, signing, signing the board, keeping record of all of it, and uh, going from there. It was it was pretty fun. And um, uh, oh, I also wanted to throw out there a shout to uh, to our other speaker today. TJ threw in some cash on my stream, yeah. uh, which was actually one of the ones that uh, that really helped pop me over uh, closer to two fifty. So thank you. Yeah, I, I always I, thrown in hmm? cash to both of us. Yeah. I bet he threw in more to me. Yeah, I never get to actually stream myself, so I always feel bad. So I I, I pitch in whenever my friends are actually streaming it. It was weird. Like, I, I put in my stream to Vangelis, went back to Twitter, and said that Aaron had just donated to Vangelis. Mm-hmm. It was weird. It's like, someone's going to think we planned that. I thought you had planned it because they came in around about the same time. I was like, oh, they must be conferring with each other but no you weren't it was <laughs> no like i said i i hopped on to watch the stream as i was like okay it's probably time for bed we need to go there and i was just running through twitter i'm like oh crap chris is still streaming i wonder what he's up to see how check in on him see how he's doing because he's my buddy is and, and that's around about the time when i found out you did that that i started screaming at you on the stream yeah oh i was watching uh... it and then i was like yeah i can't find where on the <laughs> streaming like small phone version yeah I, uh, to even join the chat and then like three hours later i saw somebody had sent messages of like no you got to scroll down past comments to get to where the live is I was yeah like, Ke- okay, kevin sigmund had chimed in with that and then once i read his replies I, I then remembered that that's how it was when i tried getting that set up on the ipad for uh doing a v-build stream with crin Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the YouTube app on on iOS really does not surface very well where the chat is. Uh, like it, like you do have to scroll through all the suggested videos first, which I think is ridiculous on a live stream. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's the first thing you're gonna do on a live stream? Go to a suggested video. No, you're gonna go to the chat with the other people watching the stream. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a it was a pretty solid weekend. Um, I don't want I don't want to spend too much longer on that yet because I'm sure stuff will come up as we go. So let's 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 get back on I'm, topic. I, I was just going to say the only oh. other thing I got to play that I was super excited about was I actually got in three games of Secret Hitler. Oh, and the first game, it went out to the last one. The second game, it ended as quick as it possibly could. And then the third game, uh, the liberals won um, by basic by early on identifying uh, one of the fascists and paying attention to how they were doing things to lock out every all the others. You found the secret Hitler. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't. It was actually the same guy twice. Oh, damn. Um, That's not a very good secret Hitler, then. Yeah, no. Uh, (laughs) And if there was someone around the table, you're like, you know what? He's probably Hitler. That tends to happen when I sit down at tables, and I don't even play secret Hitler. No, we had a a good time. Um, I've got a few people saying that they're looking forward to doing potentially like a 12-hour thing in the spring. Hey. That'd be cool. So, we're excited for it. Well, I'm uh, I'm hopefully going to be doing another 12-hour thing sometime before the end of the year, so I can say I did 24 this year, mm-hmm. uh, and then I can start saying I did it by myself, not like Aaron, who had all those people there to help him. Um, that's part of my plan. Don't tell Aaron. Mm-hmm. All right, don't let I him won't. know. Um, so, moving into on-topic stuff, because this came up, and this is kind of related to us in a way, uh, TJ especially, because you're you're closest to this fandom. Uh, how have you guys been enjoying with with the with the release 
of the imagery of the upcoming Power Rangers movie, The Megazord. Uh, have you guys seen how an entire fandom that I assumed w would mostly have at least been dabbling in Transformers, given the crossover of it all, they, they all seem to be going through what, what our fandom went through 10 years ago uh, as, as they see, guess what, in the feature film version of their franchise, the robot looks a lot different than it does in the TV version. And, and a lot of people are saying they're, they're messing with the iconic imagery of the Megazord. Mm -hmm. It's a fun to watch. It was. It's a fun little snowball to watch go down the hill. Do you get this? Do you get tempted to try to help people though, and go like, "Hey guys, like you're gonna forget about this in a couple years." Nope. All right. <laughs> Let it roll. It's going to ruin <laughs> it. it forever. Mm-hmm. It, it was fun watching them find out what uh, the suits were gonna look like and go. Okay, they kind of look like Iron Man, but it's kind of still there. Okay, they, and then they find out Rita's in like bright green now. It's like, uh, well, maybe the Megazord will be fine, and then that happens. So I'm, I feel weird because I, I I saw a picture. The picture I wanted to see was of the Megazord that actually is transforming, and you know is made of combining parts, so mm -hmm. it, it has an extra bulk. Because the the official release photo was of like the light and sound twelve inch figure. And it's a Bandai of America piece, so I'm like, I think this will probably be one of the least indicative things you could look at for what, <laughs> what this might actually look like in the film. But the, the transforming one, um, I, I feel weird about saying this given given how violent everyone can get. I thought it looked fine. Like, I didn't think it looked amazing, but it, it just it looked like I thought that the um, the analogy someone made was was kind of was kind of on point where someone said after all the years of people saying this Pacific Rim movie looks like Power Rangers, uh now you've got a, a Megazord that kind of looks like a Pacific Rim robot. Uh, it's, it's, it seems, I don't know, it doesn't seem unsuitable to me, but that's just me. And, and I'm, I'm also, I'm also cutting through a lot of, a lot of internet chatter of, of folks who seem to be coming at it as though this is the first Megazord that's been made since the 1990s. And, uh, that's, oh, of course. That, that's double interesting given how I don't think Power Rangers ever went off the air. Like it's been pulling a Super Sentai, right? More or yeah. less. It was, it was super close for a moment. Yeah. Well, technically, they did have one season where they went back to Mighty Morphin with a bunch of weird new effects added in. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, there was, so they had their generation two basically. There for like a year they had the gap. <laughs> it's just it seems even weirder to me to see that attitude towards Power Rangers because I'm like at least Transformers was off the air for notable periods of time. Like off the off of the TV air, mm -hmm. but like Power Rangers never went off the air, like basically ever. So I don't know. I, I I don't. TJ, how do you feel about that Megazord design? I'm a little bit iffy on it right now. I'm trying to go back and look at the uh, the actual combining one that someone found. Yeah, so. the, the combining one. I, I think I retweeted it. It should be somewhere in my feed at least because I, I I asked if we'd seen it and I got two replies like right away. Um. Because there, there's certainly parts of it that look kind of dumb and very movie transformer esque, but some of the yeah. shapes, uh, the wings, I really like. I think the the head design's kind of cool. It, it's actually oddly enough, kind of in the middle and on like the tops of the legs where I think the thing starts to get mushy. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I got a shot of it now. You know, it's definitely different, but. You know, maybe you know, maybe it's just me, like just so desensitized by movie transformers so long. I'm like, I'm okay about this. Like, I like, see lots of ways it could have gone worse. Oh yeah, you know, like mm -hmm. we can you can see the colors there, for instance. 
And and hey, the Yellow Rangers, the middle, or so it's like the the Tyrannosaurus is like the upper torso. The yellow the Yellow Zord is like the the middle bottom half of the torso, and the Mammoth yeah. is one of the legs. And it's like I I've seen that be a critical point for some folks where I'm like I. Super Sentai has desensitized me to the idea of colors having to be in a certain spot. Yeah, that's true too. Um, and like, like they're good. There, I mean, there's elements to it that I actually like. I actually like the wings on the back. Yeah, me too. Like, I like that the pterodactyl is actually going to you know look like a pterodactyl now. Yeah, the mm -hmm. the chest plate thing is neat, but you know, to be like, you look at that like that was not a that was not a pterodactyl. No, no, like, it was a no, chest no. plate. It was a chest plate with two dinky little wings. <laughs> yeah. No, this those this seems like a much much better use of them. And I could actually I can see why it gets designed that way, that way like the T-Rex legs that now since the early 90s and we kind of figured out how a T-Rex is actually shaped. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense <laughs> than, you know, sticking to the vertical T-Rex of the original. And I mean if you really want to talk about it, whether this has anything to do with original source material, I found the T-Rex aspect of this reminds me immensely of Abba Ranger. Like the way that the T-Rex was like the top half of their mech and like mm -hmm. the tail is attached to one of the hands and etc. So I don't know. Like, Because to me, the thing about it I don't like are those thighs, like the big kind of ninja mesh thighs, I think look sort of ugly. Yeah, that's weird. But I, I've not found anyone else who feels that way because most other people who don't like things about it are focusing on, like, I don't know. I just I feel like a lot of the focus of the negativity on it is in the weirdest places where I'm like, I think the thighs look terrible. I think that the mammoth, uh, the shape of the mammoth's individual mode might be total crap if it's turning into a leg. Uh, like, we haven't seen it yet, obviously. And, you know, who knows what the back of this looks like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a transforming robot. It's a movie coming up, and there's parallels to the live-action movie stuff that our fandom went through. Um, Aaron, you've you've dabbled in some of that Super Sentai. Uh, how do mm -hmm. you feel about this Megazord? Um, I think it it looks, man, like they took yeah. There's a guy inside that suit a little bit too far. Yeah. Um, kind, but, of, a, kind of a giant Power Ranger when you look yeah. at him. Yeah, yeah, kind of, and. There's a part of me that wonders, like, okay, is, like, that going to be a part of it? How much of it is mecha transformation and combining versus is it just, like, like a flash magic it comes together? I'm sure in the... Or I'm, something like that. I'm, I'm, so. I'm sure this toy is going to be... That's, that's why I wanted to see this particular thing, because, like, right. when you have... Like, that's what actually I felt... Uh, helped a lot of live action movie designs in the first movie line was no matter what they looked like in the film when they had to actually transform like blackouts my favorite example mm -hmm. um that that voyager blackout toy i thought looked better than the blackout model in the movie because having to actually turn into the helicopter calmed down his design a little bit uh, mm -hmm. and, and made him look more like he actually had helicopter on him um, that certainly isn't quite the case here, but th this, this, the whole thing of having hinges and stuff is at least adding some, some meat to the design that I'm sure will be there in the film. Like, I, I would be surprised if the thing looks as lanky as that, you know, the 12-inch electronic toy that yeah. showed up. Because that thing, I think, looks crappy because it's a 12-inch electronic Bandai of America toy. That's the biggest problem with it right there. Um, the only bummer about this, for all this talk, right... It's it's also a Megazord. It's probably not going to be very posable, so like my mm -hmm. interest is kind of nil as far as actually buying it. 
Yes, but um, it'll probably be just the best posability according to Bandai America. I don't. I, I've never heard Look, them. It has it has two shoulders, one for each arm. I've never heard them tout that. I've never heard them try to pull that. You know, all, all credit due. <laughs> Although on this design, like like, I don't think there are hips at all on this thing. But no. it looks like there might be elbows and maybe knees. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, although, the other thing that's making me worried, you see how the mammoth leg has those two tiny arms that look like they might be heels? Mm-hmm. Like, that looks that looks real fiddly. It looks kind of tiny. I don't know. Because um, this was sort of the journey we went through with those Playmates Voltron, like Netflix Voltron pictures coming up. Except, in the case of that, that might be an actual posable robot, so I'm, like, still... That's still in my mind. This was sort of more of a, a, a furtive weekend that... that ended on the sobering note that this will probably also be a brick of a toy, so I don't care either way. But, uh, I felt that was worth touching on as a bit of a warm-up before we get into some new picture picks. So, uh, TJ, have you got a new pick pick from, uh, the news? Hmm. Huh. It's actually a little bit thin this week. That's why we're going straight to new pick picks and started off talking about Power Rangers. <laughs> Transparency. Because they amuse me so much. Apparently, they've dug up another wave of Kriya warriors that never came out. Yeah, I uh, I almost missed this story, and it's I uh, did entirely. Yeah, Kriya warriors wave three and soccer bumblebee. Yeah, it's, so all all these like ancient warrior style designs and decos and perhaps and then a bumblebee that plays soccer. Yeah, you know, because why not? Hmm. Like, that was always one of the, like, the whole line of the Creo Warriors always screamed to me, we did all of this stuff for our tie-ins, and we have all these parts and bricks lying around that we need to reuse. Yeah. So let's, let's okay, let's figure out how a tra- the most sellable ones, the Transformers, can dress up as cowboys and samurai and... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like, I, I actually liked this as much as I never bought any of it because I was kind of done with Creo by that point. I always kind of liked this as a concept because it was it was like silly in ways I could appreciate. What is what is that Optimus Prime? Is that like a twenties gangster Optimus I, Prime? I don't no, that, know. Like, that's that's SWAT team Optimus because he's wearing a toque, right? He's on the night ops. Yeah. Okay. He also kind of <laughs> looks like he's wearing a pinstripe suit, though. Yeah. It also looks like he has a Tommy gun. Yeah. Well, may- maybe maybe he's like. Actually, yeah, that toque is throwing me off. Like, if you had a fedora, it would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I think they had, like, bandit or gangster ones in they some did. of the other waves. Yeah. Um, like, like I'll, I'll do a quick run-through for people. Yeah, like Soundwave had one. Uh, aside from Soccer Bumblebee, there there are two other bumblebees. One is a Shogun Samurai, one is a Cowboy. Uh, there's Viking Grimlock and Cowboy Grimlock. Uh, World War II Megatron and Pirate Megatron. Uh, Ninja Optimus Prime and pinstripe toque gangster SWAT member Optimus Prime. Uh, appears, I would say that's like kind of Roman gladiator Starscream and then yeah. um, another Roman gladiator <laughs> Starscream. No, that, I'd no, say the other one's maybe like medieval. Yeah, one, okay. No, like the, one the, the one on the right's European. The one on the right's European because yeah. it's got like that crest around the front and then the, yeah. you can see like the, the shoulder pauldrons on st- the left one. That's yeah, Ro- yeah. That's Roman. And the Roman one's also got those nipple rings. Those are funny looking. The next two, I think those the next two never appeared in the series. Two Ultra Magnuses. One is an admiral, pirate admiral, and then another one. I'm pretty sure that Optimus is supposed to be a SWAT team member because this other Ultra Magnus has got basically sniper gear. 
He is way mm. too happy about sniping people. He's jazzed up. He's like, nah, I can deal with killing people from afar. Um, I wonder if Soccer Bumblebee was maybe meant to be like, because he's got this extra space on his like number of bases and stuff, and those cones to kind of form a goal. I wonder if that was something they designed to potentially be given away like at sports events or something. I couldn't imagine otherwise. Like there wouldn't. Well, I I can understand that just because with this kind of deco, there aren't too many things they could use for parts. Yeah. So if this was going to be in like a similar vein, I mean, just a way of using parts kind of thing again. Yeah, and you know, it's it bears saying again. This was a really clever idea to maximize, like to to really Lego out and maximize on their their parts catalog. Uh, and make use of mm-hmm. their their increasingly strong tampographing they were getting going on. Like once they were able to tampograph, like both sides of the torsos and the, the legs, you know, like Creo was starting to figure something out before it turned into the weird, like I think currently China exclusive line that it is now. Um, but so what's what's the source on these? Like, <clears throat> oh, it's a it's a Taobao seller. Okay. Yeah, Chinese exclusive. Like you yeah, said. Chinese exclusives. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. I bet you, given the way Creo has come out before, as much as this news story says these probably aren't going to come out at all, I bet you they'll come out somewhere. Like, if they've been produced. It's It's been a while since we heard anything on the Creo front, though. I mean, I'm not saying in North America, but I bet yeah. you if, if there is a produced stock of these, they'll make their way to, like, mm. you know, the Shanghai show or something. It just it seems like there there are still venues that these could show up in, you know, and be somewhat forgotten because you know Creo does that. Um, I don't TJ like. Are uh, would you be interested in any of these if they did show up? These kind of novelty things never really hold my interest for very long. It's cute and it's funny, and there's a few in particular I still hold on to because they were that funny. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, you know, I I still I still have like the mobster sound wave because he has that little laser beak bird. They're gonna yeah. perch on him. I thought that was cool. Um, aside from the like the Fallout Megatron here, I you know this one doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Yeah, like with with Creo minifigures, it was it was before that series, like you know the the Jobs series. It was the um, the regular minifigure series right before that when they dropped the codes. I think I talked about this before. When they dropped the codes and I would actually have to blind bag my way through the line, that got me to stop buying the line because I was like, I don't want any dupes of any of these ever. So I don't I realize I don't care enough to want to go through the trouble. Like I I would rather just know what I'm getting with Creo minifigs. Mm-hmm. Um and Aaron, I, I think you never you didn't really stick around that long on the Creo train. No. You're all brick snob about it. Not necessarily brick snob. It just was very difficult to even find them. Oh, I, I'm, or, I'm just being or if you found them to get anywhere near guaranteeing you got what you were looking for. I'm being antagonistic because your stream was longer than mine. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm feeling defensive about my short stream. Uh, yeah, I I never I I saw like the first wave of the job guys like once and walked away, but. It's cool that these unproduced ones, or unproduced, un- unreleased ones, you know, exist somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Aaron, Aaron, do you have a new picture pick? Man, unfortunately, so much front page stuff is just like, hey, you can pre-order stuff, or hey, stuff's now available in Europe, or hey. 
I mean, hey, grats for Australia getting the first Combiner Force figures. Unfortunately, just the legends that don't combine. Yeah. But I didn't know that. I, I guess I'd forgotten we're getting Legends Spring Load. That makes me happy. Which is he's the frog one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's one yeah. of the two idiots who stole a tank in that one episode. Right. I still need to catch up on those. But no, um, the one thing that I saw that looked interesting, but I'm not going to get it, is like the uh, XM Studios um, Prime. Uh, yes. The, it's the Prime statue. The two foot tall statue. Yeah. I hadn't really looked, looked at this at all. Looked uh, pretty interesting. It looks like it's a like a posable statue type thing. Well, as, as I'm understanding it, it's not that he's posable, it's that they've just included tons of replacement limbs oh. and yeah, multiple arms and and two different like you to have him look left and right, you pull the head off and stick the other head on. Oh, I guess I was just going by ooh, neat images and not actually hmm, reading. Yeah, like that, that, some that of those... kind of knocks it down a bit. A little bit, like, on, on the upside, I guess that means that they sculpted, like, his neck coils and pistons to, like, look like they're turning. Uh, yeah, but I, but, I, was, I was just thinking in something this scale, like, they could actually make the, you know, pistons that move, because, hell, they did that with, like, MP01 Prime. I, I, I would not disagree. Like, I, I was kind of, that's what made me, I think, start to, to glance at this and stop paying attention was the part where it's like, we have all these different replacement limbs so he can have his arm pointing in different ways. And I was like, right, right that's why I don't think statues are any good. <laughs> yeah, especially when they had, I guess, as I was, again, I'm tired. I'm going to preface by that. The two diff direction heads, I didn't see that. I just saw like, ooh, looking left, yeah. looking right. Okay. And it looks like the different direction heads are exactly the same head. It's not even like there's a variation in there or have it set up so that like you have a removable faceplate or changeable faceplate or changeable eyes or something. Nope. It's yeah. the same head. Just one's left, one's right. Or like two different heads with two different sort of eye expressions and maybe like make the neck a, th a third part that you swap to have it point left or right. right. I, I like the com, the com link hollow display on the, one of the arm the options. The comlink thing is what drew me to look at these photos in the first place. Basically, yeah. Because <laughs> that is that is neat, and it could be done easily enough with a little, you know, small piece of, you know, acrylic and some creative LEDs. Mm -hmm. And is really neat, and I wouldn't be surprised if that gets uh, put into other things in the future. Yeah, I'd love to see, like, a, a little hollow pop-up is, is such a neat idea, and it's so suitable for Transformers of, of just mm -hmm. about any continuity. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a cool idea, like, and, and uh, I guess if they're, if they're going for this grayscale look on them, that's sort of, I mean, I'm sure they're not. There's no way they would do that on the statue, but it, it, it's, it almost would be worth having as a variant. Like, it looks striking. Uh, it's just, it's a bummer. Yeah, you make that like the artist proof version. Yeah, make like five of them, sell them for like $8,000 a piece. Uh, oh, this is, uh, wait, does, do we have a price on this yet? 1800 Singapore dollars. I can't do that conversion in my to... head. Hold US, duh. To US Hang on, D. math is happening. Uh, $1,300. Well, that's... So as... That's less than I expected. Yeah, that's still for a two foot rough. tall statue. I, I thought it would be. I thought he would be closer to like two thousand, three thousand dollars. Yeah, it's still expensive. 
for sure. And it's still a statue, and I, I still don't... I try really hard to understand why someone would want a statue. So I'm not going to say that people shouldn't want statues. It, no, I... Mm -hmm. it's yeah, just, people, I find it very confusing. Yeah. yeah. Especially I know, in I this... there's a market. Yeah, there's a market for statues. Like, just I've, I've seen it. I've been to collector stores where they've been lined on the walls. They've been that big and that expensive. I don't get it myself. It's just for Transformers, for robots specifically, where, I mean, frigging Bandai of Japan made a two-foot-tall Mazinger Z that was poseable. And you have, like, you know, not two-foot-tall, but you have eight to ten-inch-tall poseable robots by companies like like Bandai of Japan or by Sentinel, you know, that, that have mm -hmm. incredible uh, multi-part articulation systems in them that all are also still less expensive than these statues. I don't understand what the statue does for anybody on uh, when it comes to robots. Like it makes it makes borderline zero sense to me. Because uh, for superheroes and stuff, I get it. I get it for that stuff. Like there, there are people who don't like to see joints. But like on on mechanical designs, the joints are literally part of the design. Right. So it, it it just seems like it's pointless to me. It's it's confusing. And and people have many times tried to explain it to me and, and I I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. I think it's more I just don't understand it. Um for all that, you know, being said, like certainly I like talking about these statues cuz they usually have cool ideas or cool cool facets like that little comlink pop-up. Uh, mm -hmm. with that, I guess that cliff jumper face. Makes me want to know why they picked Cliff Jumper. Like maybe that was the designer's favorite, or or it was Hasbro mandated for some weird reason. Like, I don't know. Or is that something that's actually in an episode? Ah, <laughs> I don't think in G one he ever popped a hollowed display communicator with Cybertronian on no, it. No, like even uh, in the like the old MPO one, you had like a an arm mounted like communication display. Yeah, yeah, but that, so that I'm was I'm now wondering it? if he actually talked to Cliff Jumper in that. Hmm. This is something that I'm sure someone could, someone could just give us the info once this episode's out. Hint, hint. Do work for us, please. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I've come to know that we, as as Transformers fans, none of us probably have any interest in actually buying the statue. But, um. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that company either. This must be their first release, I guess. Or I've just not paid any attention. Um, moving on from there. Uh, I, I have a new picture pick that's not actually a picture. It is audio. Because uh, I just want to highlight once again that uh, TF at TM has been uh, encoding and releasing uh, the contents of the audio tapes that they got a hold of from the old G1 recording sessions. And now that they're getting farther away from the pilot... Uh, they are becoming more and more worth listening to because now you can you can really hear like certain performances without vocal effects the way they were done for most of the series. And I, I always will specifically say Megatron and Starscream. It's fascinating listening to what they sound like raw because it's like all these years, all of us trying to do impersonations of them. We were actually trying to all, like, a, a bulk of people who would try to do impersonations of Megatron and Starscream were also simultaneously trying to impersonate vocal effects now that, now that I'm listening to the Raw. And it's like, it's, it's, I just find it fascinating. Like, what the actual performance of G1 Megatron sounded like is, it was, it's so hard to figure out uh, until now. And uh, mm -hmm. I, can, I can hear in that performance also why Frank Walker would no longer be doing that voice, because it sounds like it was painful back then to do. Um, let alone now. 
So I just wanted to give that a little bit of a, a little bit of a shout. I don't know how much you guys might have might have been checking these things out. Um, I haven't yet. It's been on my short list of stuff that I need to like download, so I'm not pulling data. Yeah, like I've listened to a few of them, but I keep meaning to go back and listen to all of them because it is fascinating stuff to listen to. Yeah, and uh, so like one of the most recent ones that went up. There's like extended sessions of Frank Welker just doing Ravage and uh, Laserbeak noises, um, and that's really cool to listen to in RAW as well. Uh, there's a couple. There's a couple more times where you get to hear like the Wally Burr crowd scene noise sessions, uh, where you can you can hear everyone just like you know screaming or making lots of noise. There's also lots of Wally Burr in these because every now and then you can hear him giving direction from the booth. Um, it's just so cool that this stuff is out there like this is probably some uh, short of their secretly having been a camera in the recording booth back in the 80s this Mm -hmm. is probably the single coolest stuff that could ever come out from the original g1 cartoon that we hadn't heard yet um so and and i I, tf at the moon mentioned to me on twitter that like there's some more like there's stuff coming up with more wally and uh, and that's really cool, especially in light of like Wally Burr having recently suffered a really bad health problem, and he's in uh, he's in uh, a lot of I think a I can't remember if he's in palliative care or in a hospital right now, but he had a, a major health issue and he's been having trouble communicating. But uh, his wife has been able to to relay word from him, you know, and to him uh, from fans and from people who have worked with him in the past. So. I'm hoping he's getting word that these recordings are out there and that it's really cool to hear him doing his thing back then. Um, but yeah, that's my new picture pick that was not really a pick at all. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of a light news week. Uh, not that it's been a light, a light news season at all. I mean, like it, last week I recorded with Seth and we went through all the third party slides from TFCon right after I think we even said we probably weren't going to. We did it anyway. Uh, there was, a, there was a lot of news that weekend. Um, just quickly before we move into listener questions, actually, because TJ didn't really get to talk to you about it. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think of that, uh, the new official Masterpiece Megatron that got debuted in some magazine scans uh, the other weekend? That That is a pretty piece of plastic. Are you digging, uh, overall, digging the way that looks? I am, I am. My one concern about it was, like, it makes for a really fat gun. Like when it's transformed from the other pictures I saw, mm. but then again I look at like what Masterpiece Megatron originally looked like. And you know, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I'll take that. Yeah, I mean that's that's the one Megatron on Masterpiece alike Megatrons. The one thing where I've just I feel a very big disconnect with a lot of people is when people start critiquing the size of the handgun mode and how it feels in your hand. Because I don't know, I just feel weird about it. It's like. It's cool if it fits your hand really well, but I'm like, I don't see how that's relevant at all. As- aside from like a, a a really dumb parlor trick talking point or, you know, when you're showing the toy to someone who might not have seen it, like, I don't think it really matters if he fits in my hand or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to make it look, to be fair, like the G1 Megatron design we know really wasn't meant to turn into a gun in the first place. Like that is one of the like, you know, like next to Ironhide and Ratchet, it's like one yeah. of the biggest stretches from toy to cartoon model. It's a miracle it makes any kind of gun. 
Well, that, that's why when when people on you know on on the third party uh, MP likes pr primarily the two the two main ones, Despotron and Mitron, when people are like, "Well, Despotron's a bit big for a gun. Mitron's a bit thinner as a gun." I'm kind of like, I think just the, the turning into the right shape is really my only care. <laughs> like when it comes to like the <laughs> thickness or the thinness, I'm like, I don't, I I'm not gonna cosplay with it. Yeah, so maybe I'm, like, I'm not in the right frame of mind. <laughs> There are some, but there are collectors out there that find both modes just as important. We went through this with Masterpiece Bumblebee. You know, should it be that squat, cartoony Volkswagen that he was in the cartoon, or should it look like the realistic one? I mean, in that case, I would say that's more of a valid discussion point because there are other cars to display him with. It's like this Megatron does not shrink when I transform him, so in that regard, like he doesn't display well with anybody in alt mode. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just always has been a weird one to me. But yeah, people want to discuss it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick the door down and go like, hey, you all stop talking about the toy like that. It's just uh, if, if I'm if I'm scripting reviews of them and the only real content I add about the size of the handgun modes is making fun of the fact that people care. Hopefully, people don't get too mad about that. Um, yeah, I was just curious about that. I don't think I don't think we've had any like super fresh images other than like higher res scans so far. But I, you know, ideally in the next couple months we'll get to see some step by step photos of some of the transformation mechanisms, and that's what I really want to see about that toy. That's like the one single critical thing about that figure I need to know right now. Um, so I, I hope we can see that sooner than later. Anyway, we had some listener questions, uh, and the first one came in the form of a video from Switchblade. Uh, I'm just going to paraphrase the video, mostly for time, uh, and because maybe some stuff we want to talk about was already covered in the video. Uh, but the main thrush of the question was uh, about light and sound electronics gimmicks that we've all enjoyed in Transformers. And uh, Switchblade showed some great examples, which is why he sent a video. So, you know, good, good old stuff like Armada Red Alert. Woo, woo, woo. Or uh, the first run uh, Ultra Onslaught from Universe, where his electronics made him go and then kind of stopped because it didn't loop. Um, right down to, you know, toys that have the classic transformation noise in them or the Armada Optimus Prime base mode pants. So, uh, Aaron, starting off with you, like, what's 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 an electronic feature that's really hit you? Um... I mean, in the video, he touches all the ones that I could think of right off the top of my head. To me, still, the, the neatest and most, I, I think innovative is a good word, even though it maybe didn't always work as intended, was the Armada Prime trailer. Um, mm. Still, I don't think anything as interesting or interactive has been done like that before. Yeah, that was actually going to be mine, too. I mean, for, again, for all the ways that it didn't work, what it was trying to do was incredibly cool, especially for the time. Mm -hmm. And like, and like, you know, when I when I messed around with it on a on an empty dinner table with no line of sight problems and everything worked fine, it was really cool. You know, yeah. that the thing was transforming with me in a way while I was transforming the cab. Like, it, it's it's a shame that the idea kind of got dropped. It's a shame that also, you know, the the one or two caught fire. Mm hmm. Um, because you never want your electronics to catch fire. That can just wreck a brand, yeah, and, or know, a house, uh, or you know, an entire an entire line of mobile devices from a notable company. Mm -hmm. Still can't believe that I was actually on a plane and heard them call out the Galaxy Note Seven over the PA system. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I actually laughed. <laughs> I felt bad afterwards because no one else was. Um, 
Well, uh, TJ, what about you? What's like, what's a notable electronic feature that really stuck out to you? The video did mention some of the better ones, you know, like the the animated light, sound, mouth moving thing was always pretty high up there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking back, there's a, there's a couple that stand out to me a lot, just ones that I was uh, particularly fond of when they first happened. Um, I I was always uh. I always, I always liked the toys that they figured out how to make them walk. Yeah. You know, your uh, G1 Trypticon or Armada Scavenger. Oh, yeah, Armada Scavenger, when like when that thing got going, it was kind of fun to watch from the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I can remember goofing with a lot was Armada Jetfire, strangely enough. Because, you know, it was cool to hear the, the, uh, the old transformation sound effect, but a lot of toys ended up doing that eventually. What yeah. was neat about Jetfire was his cannon had one of the stock G1 rifle noises in it. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that always kind of stuck out to me. It's like, oh, that sounds like it did in the show. And I was always confused why they didn't do that more often. Yeah. Because, like, that stuff would be really fun to, like, put into uh, an Optimus Prime figure, for instance. Well, Optimus or Megatron, they both had, like, their own blast sound effects that you remember you know i would love to hear the fusion cannon noise in a megatron cannon yeah like that would be that noise particularly would be a fun one to just push and hear come out with like Mm -hmm. a purple light pulse yeah oh man because yeah I, i think at their height when an electronics feature adds that level of fantasy without being a bother it's, that's mm-hmm. when it's at its tops, like when it's just a button-activated thing. or Because with, with the, the G1 transformation noise being in toys, that one works the best when it, it when it fires off kind of at the end of the transformation, like when you snap in the final part. I think that's when it's the best. But when it happens mid-transformation, that's where I think it can become irritating. Yeah. Like when it's a switch that's supposed to be activated while you're in the middle of swiveling a part. What if you end up swiveling that part back and forth a couple times? And you, I can't I can't think of examples now off the top of my head, of course, because I'm I'm a dummy. But I know there have been ones in the past where it's like, I wish this happened when I clicked the head down in place and not when I like twisted the torso, because uh, I would rather have that be a punctuation than something that's sort of firing off while I'm concentrating on parts moving. Um, and yeah, that that animated Optimus, the really big one, the way that the the faceplate timed with the lines was borderline magical the first time I saw it. Uh, that's that's definitely one of the top ones for me. Um, so yeah, like I think electronics totally have a place in Transformers toys. I think uh, there was a period of time where they had we as a fandom in general and very much in general uh, tended to regard them with a lot of disdain, uh, rightfully so in many cases. But I feel like it did cause sort of the better the better side of electronics to get lost in the shuffle for a little while, and. Uh, I'm I'm always happy to see really strong ones. Like, yo, you put an LED light system inside the head of a toy, and I'm basically happy. Um, I'm still a little sour that that's not something on Masterpiece Shockwave, uh, especially given that he has two other contained light systems on him. I'm kind of like, you could have hat-tricked this, and I think it would have been cool, and I probably wouldn't have felt as sour about his price point either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, th- I think... If I was going to say moving forward, the one electronics feature I'd want to see, it would be a contained LED inside the head. Like, it has now been done on on existing toys. There are examples of it. Uh, and I think that it adds a bajillion times more to a figure than even the best kind of light piping. As, as cool as light piping is, I'm, and I, I love me some good light piping, 
on a higher end figure, I think you know on that budget swap swap that out for some of that LED love. Uh, it can look dang cool. Um. Anyway, that's that's our first listener question. I've got another one here from Rexidus. Uh, this is a bit of a longer one. Uh, it says, uh, Good morning, afternoon, or indeterminate time of day unites at the pod table. Brian, a.k.a. Rexidus, here with a question for you fine folks. I'm currently listening to 428, and Chris brought up the idea of Titan Master figures being engineered with the ability to leave the Headmaster on, essentially ignoring the gimmick entirely. This idea was quickly rebuffed as someone... I actually don't remember that happening, <laughs> but I don't remember our <laughs> recordings that well. Uh, as someone who really dislikes the concept of Headmasters but has been dying for updated figures of Rodimus Blur and several others, I was quite excited by this concept. But to actually ask a question for the post titan Master figures, how likely would you guys think it would be for Hasbro to revisit these characters without the gimmick of removable heads? Um, so yeah, I was, I was I was actually amusing myself for a good minute or two. The idea that I, I had said like, hey, maybe they could they could just uh, be engineered to leave the heads in place, and one of you guys just like going, shut up, no. And I could I could see me doing that, just like no, that's dumb. <laughs> no, no, but like get like not the word rebuff. I I know it's not really, but I always treat the word rebuff as being associated with really violent. Like just shooting down as someone saying something. Like if we were recording that in person, you just reach across the table and slap me. They're like no, no, I, I could do that. Yeah, I mean you could. I could, I could see you doing that. But um, yeah, Aaron, do you think there's a chance that characters like Rodimus or Twin Inferno, you know, etc., Scourge, might get revisited uh, sooner than later? See, without- that's. Some of these have been, I mean, relatively recently. Um, Scur- because Scourge had his like flying wing. Um, well, it was Blur- six years ago. Blur had his uh, drift copy, drift remold. Again, that was like six years ago. Yeah, which I mean, for characters that aren't Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Megatron, Starscream, six years isn't that old. I guess, yeah. And that is in the the like neo classics style and line. So the oeuvre. yeah, it's very poseable, good transformation to it. Because um, yeah, I'm not. Blur is not a bad toy, in in Titans Return. He's a great toy in Titans. Return. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, but it's not like it's not a toy that I feel like they sacrificed something. For it to be a Titan Master, there's I, I don't feel like there's a necessarily a compromise there mm. for it. I guess is is more towards what I was going. Um, I don't know. I've not uh, you know had a, a Rodimus hands on because I would have thought looking at Blur, now oh, he's not a Headmaster. You know the Headmaster gimmick is kind of wasted on him, but that's a good toy. So again, I don't know. You know, hands on for myself with that, but I mean. I could easily see, and again, it it may be a few years, but those characters, because they're movie characters, they're directly G1 characters, was Twinferno actually in G1? <laughs> Only in Headmasters. Okay. I keep forgetting they were actually in Headmasters. Right. Yeah. So it, it's something that what I think is more interesting is that they are going to toy-only toys. And bringing those out for the Titans Return line, rather than just hitting the same cartoon notes. Mm. And uh, TJ, do you feel like do you feel like we might get to see some of these non-headmaster, currently headmasters in Titans Return guys show up again in generations? 
Oh, absolutely. There's some characters where I feel like they're hitting a niche market and a very small window where they can get away with releasing, you know, Twinferno being one of them. Yeah. But characters like Blur, Scourge, Hot Rod, those are always going to come back around in some form or another. They might be incorporating that year's gimmick, so... Okay, maybe you're plugging in a key, maybe you're attaching a minicon or whatever, but you see them down the line eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, There's just some characters that they want to keep around, if only because they have trademarks that expire every so often. Yeah, so, and mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think definitely, like, if you are a big MonsterBots fan, like, you, you might be out of luck as far as, like, another go at Repugnance and, and Double Dealer and everyone. Double Dealer. Double cross. <laughs> the the best monster bot, Double Dealer. You know who we're not going to see for a while is Double Dealer, probably. That's who we're not going to see for a while. I got but, one in Generations. Yeah, and, and he was fine. But, like, I don't know. I think I think th- there is a place for disappointment for folks who really just don't dig the Titan Master gimmick and who have been waiting for that official, affordable update to, to some of the monster bots where it's kind of like, you're going to get a taste of it, but you're not going to get everything you want. At the same time, like, every single one of these figures I've looked at so far, like, I'm just looking at Blur right now with his head not attached. Really, you get someone to design a new backpack for him that has space for the head to just stay attached, and you can have a Blur who turns into a car and still has his head there. Or if, depending on the construction of the figure, I don't know, like, but I'm looking at him. If there's, like, basically, if you open up the torso and you either swap the backpack for one with a cavity, or somebody designs something to replace the neck socket area and I guess the front window connector with something that can flip down to fill uh, the cockpit space with a head rather rather than a a Titan Master. There's room on the toy to just be a self-contained blur and I I feel like that's an avenue of add-on that might become viable next year. Um, So, you know, this is all possibility talk, of course, but like I, I think, you know, the hope ain't lost if you really like Titans Return Blur but really wish he wasn't a headmaster. Like, it's such a... There's such room on the figure. Like, Chrome Dome as well. Uh, there's there's a one or two parts to swap out, and there would be room for his head in his vehicle mode. Uh, hard head is, is one where, you know, that, ain't, that just ain't gonna happen unless you design a new head that turns into an engine block or something. Then I guess... Okay, I guess I answered my own question there. It, it could happen. You design a new head that turns into an engine block. Um... It's it's all add-on stuff, and it, it all depends on whether or not there's even a market for it, and if there are designers interested in tackling those those problems. But you know, but on, on a potential level, I think I think if you really want one of these figures to not be a headmaster, that might be an option by the end of next year. Uh, we'll we'll see as the year goes on. I said all this about there being bajillions of combiner hands and feet by the end of 2016, and that didn't happen. So I, I might be completely wrong. Um. But yeah, uh, moving on from there, there was a bit of a bonus question, uh, which is, could we explain why headmasters as a concept are cool to the question asker? Uh, He says, I'd like to like it, but just can't get into it. (laughs) So give me your reasons why you guys love this line so much. Um, I would have called into this hotline and asked why my non-contextual voice, but dot, 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 something about our hotline not being up. That's we're, we're looking into that. We've got the Zune store almost fixed. So once we get the Zune store back up, the hotline's next uh until next time may your heads be all wibbly wobbly brian so i've been in brian's position before where 
a lot of people like a thing, and gosh darn it, I want to like it, because it seems so fun to like it, but I just can't, so, um, I don't know, Aaron, you, you don't hate the Headmaster concept, so why do you like it? I think it's because there, it adds another layer of transformation into the toy, if I'm trying to say, can, like as why it's something that's fun in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Headmasters was a line that as a kid I thought was always cool. And I don't know how much of, like, the current enjoyment of it rolls back to childhood default level stuff. Absolutely. Um, But I've found of all the, you know, of all the deluxe, I think the deluxes are where it's at. And then the titan master individual packs uh both of them have a great feel and play for size and cost so um brian if you haven't picked up um any titans return yet and you're thinking about it i would say try and get yourself a blur i know that you know you you said before that you don't dig it and uh that you'd really like you've been dying for for a new blur Get one and try it. It's not expensive. Um, if you're, you know, looking at buying toys, and there are a ton of expensive toys out there, and you live and, in America, and you live in America, um, I'd I'd say, man, give one of them a try, and then really, I mean, you'd really be able to determine, like, I mean, because there's so much, especially with something like Transformers, where there's very much a tactile component to anything, uh, and how the transformations feel there's a big portion of it where you just got to have somebody slap one of these things in your hand and getting to fi- to feel it and mess with it. You know, you know, you can imagine what a, what a hot toys toy is like after having seen one or two of them and messing with them. Hey, they're super posable, super detailed dudes that are about this tall and all right, cool. But each transformers is, you know, you're listening to a transformers podcast. So, you know, each transformers is like its own puzzle. Sometimes you, you should try out this transformers toys yeah. sometime. You might, you might but, like them. <laughs> in my experience all of the del- all of them have been good fun and the putting the head on it is also kind of rolls back to something that I can't remember if it was Aaron Archer or Eric Siebenhaler that talked about with animated how a big portion of the design ethos was a dramatic head reveal that was uh it was animated and a good chunk of generations Right. Uh, Because they found that there were in their demographic tests, there were kids who said they felt like revealing the head was also waking up the robot mode. Right. And so there is it it, it kind of rolls in that same feeling of that is the moment it goes from just being like, hey, and it rolls with the headmaster's mythos of, you know, hey, this is just like a suit until the head gets on there. Mm -hmm. And there's an interesting portion to it like that as well but uh, if and again though it's something that a lot of that also comes to flavor and taste and man if you don't like that flavor no amount of me saying no but it's really cool is not going to go anywhere it's when you see Aaron in person and he gets the crazy eyes on and he reaches across the table and just grabs you by the collar yeah but but that also just might be intimidation um again 
now with new bald headed Aaron, I I would assume that my like intimidation skill goes up by a point or two. Yeah, when he's I'm, I'm procedural telling bonus. you, we need to get you dressed like Stone Cold Steve Austin now. Yep, yes, I, 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 I've, I've seen a happy Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've seen I should be making blue rocks in my basement. Um, <laughs> happy Stone Cold. That was mine. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. cheerful Stone Cold. Stone Cold when he has infinite IPA and <laughs> a microphone <laughs> hovering in front of him that he doesn't have to worry about pulling the memory card out of to make his podcast. I was... Um, I, I, I was D- t- uh, what was the other one? Somebody said it. I need a black fedora and wire rim glasses. Yeah, it's just uh, you're you're like the Morpheus who introduces people to 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 uh, black blood of the earth. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the line you lead people across. That's the which th- there there were people last night that took a few shots of black blood of the earth, but way too late to actually overcome just pure <laughs> oh, fatigue. So when they so it's just when they got home and tried to go to sleep, they then could not sleep. That was what was it? It was somebody did it at like two in the morning. That's just this is a bad and like idea. a half hour later, I'm like, "How you doing?" She was just, it did nothing. I mean, I can feel my heart in my neck, but I'm still really fucking tired. It's like, okay, <laughs> just reserve that for uh, in case of emergency. Now, right? She's like, "Yes, <laughs> I want sleep. I don't want to have a coffee pot full of it." Um, TJ, uh, I, I. Have gotten the impression you've been pretty cool with the headmaster concept. What about it? Do you like if someone's going to say why do you like this? Let's say I'm looking at you from across the table and I'm bald and I'm wearing a leather vest. I have wire room glasses and mm. a silly, you know, uh, pork pie hat. Right. Why do you like this? For me, it is an added layer of playability to the toy itself. Because one of the things that irks me a lot, and it's a silly thing. But I get really, really annoyed when, especially Cybertronian vehicles, Decepticons especially, have cockpits. Mm-hmm. Who is supposed to be riding in this car if you're an alien robot on an alien world? If you there want, is if you no want me to, chance of blending in on Earth. If you want me to be a nerd, I, there are answers to that question. I have don't heard. tell me mini cons. <laughs> I've heard a lot. Of this is G one. There aren't any. I've heard a lot of answers. Yo, so they they were military hardware, right? Because the Quintessons made them as military hardware, so they might <laughs> might have been. They didn't make them transform, though. Yeah, I, I appreciate the answers to that question, but I, I I have I have no stake in that in that battle. I just I know that there have. I've read some forum threads. (laughs) But for me, it's... Okay, I I identify with the robot, and it's fun to transform, but, you know, me, as an adult collector, when am I ever going to take the vehicle mode and roll it around on the couch going vroom, vroom? Let me tell you about my Saturday night. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's far less likely for me to get any playability out of the vehicle mode itself. The transformation, yes. The robot, yes. Not so much the vehicle. I like the headmaster idea because it gives me that pilot that can interact with the vehicle. So now there's a layer of things for me to do with it. Especially like now in the Titans Return toys, you have things like, you know, the little sled that Blur's shield can turn into. Or you have those mm. little extra pegs so you can have other Titan Masters riding along. Or like the seat like the guns that form seats and like mounted guns in vehicle mode, that kind of level of playability you don't get 
otherwise. And the and the pilot that actually goes in the vehicle, I, I find, tends to give that vehicle another level of having a sense of scale, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your guys' answers are very much in line with my own, uh, where, as a kid, this is the, the weird thing, as a kid, um, when the toys were newer... I liked headmasters more than power masters or pretenders or like I just thought the headmasters were like the cream of the crop of the gimmick former master toys uh, back at the that chunk of G1. And I think it's because unlike a power master, a headmaster becomes an integral part of the robot uh, and it fulfills that pilot function that does so much for the alt mode. It has an extra layer of, of playability and etc. But it also brings in the aspect of combiners that I like so much, which is two things becoming a whole uh, and and two things very much becoming a whole, whereas with Power Masters you kind of have a whole robot and then there's a thing that plugs onto him and adds like a little shiny bit on the front it's not the same to me um, whereas a Headmaster hits a little bit of that combiner flavor where without the Headmaster you just have a headless robot. And then once I learned the Japanese fiction about, you know, the little robots being the actual Transformer and the vehicle uh, and headless body being kind of, you know, a transtector, being a, a just a mech suit, kind of a larger extension of their body, I thought that was also super friggin' cool. And uh, it made the whole thing make doubly more sense to me. So on a lot of levels, just the Headmaster gimmick does a lot for me uh, in ways that the Power Master gimmick simply does not um, same with Pretenders, uh, same with the, the, you know, Power Master version 2s that the Minicons were at times. Um, so that's why the Headmasters work for me. And, yeah, uh, all that being said, it just might not click with you, and that's fine. Like, it, I mean, that sucks for the next year or so as an entire line of Headmasters comes out. Worst case, I don't know, maybe think about how all those Combiner people, or all those, those non-Combiner fans felt for the last year before this. I don't know. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's all taste. Like I said, there are things people like that I just can't get into at times. And as as uh, as experience in life goes on, eventually it, you can see a positive end to it. It means there's less stuff you're interested in. Um, or there's more stuff you, you can be happy about just spectating. Um, or things you can just get real dark. And you can be like me when I read in the third-party sub-forum people talking about masterpiece alikes and getting into really weird, nuanced discussions about stuff that I find completely unimportant or completely uninteresting. Uh, but that's a whole other bag of tea cakes. Uh, before we move on from our listener question section, I actually got two really quick ones that are, I think are worth throwing in. Oh, one's really quick. The other one, I'm not sure. It just showed up on my Facebook mess- messages and it got lucky, I guess. But uh, we got... Uh, oh, where is it? Uh, it's over here. We got a, a weird listener question based off of a Q&A video I put up the other week where someone had asked on my YouTube channel uh, if I could, if I had to, at gunpoint, like pick a one true pairing of myself and one of you podcast guys, who would it be? And I immediately said Aaron. Uh, Aaron, I don't know if you watched that or not. but No, I, I hadn't. Uh, I have picked you as my OTP, just so you know. Um, okay. My my reasons given uh, are are actually I didn't really give a reason I just said that I I, I can completely see myself taking Aaron away from his bride to be, uh, moving into a giant Lego house with him and then constantly referring to the bricks as Legos until he murders me in an act of matricide, and then I immediately realized matricide was the wrong word but I couldn't remember the word I was trying to think of. Uh, that's how that answer went. 
So the question we got from WTF Fan 2006 is how do you feel about the fact that Vangelis has picked Aaron as his OTP? Who would you pick for you instead? Um, this went to Seth, Aaron, and TJ. Seth replied to the, that actually on, on the YouTube comments page, I believe. Uh, I think he expressed some disappointment. Um, so, I don't know, TJ, of all of us, who would your OTP be? Well, this is going to rank very high on the list of strange questions. Welcome to this weekend. Welcome to this weekend. No, going with Seth. Seth's your OTP? Yeah. Because it's, it's like... It's even and odd. It's the forbidden pairing. Oh, jeez. I don't know how I feel about this at all. Uh, all right. Well, Aaron, what about you? Would you? Would you just? Do you think I'm on? I'm on track here. Or is there someone else you'd rather be? I, of um, of the four of us on the podcast, I'd say you and I have had the most direct interaction. So I can understand that. If it's outside of that realm, I would say I'd. Am legally bound to say, of course, Alfie, my fiance. Who else would it be? That would be crazy talk. Well, Aaron, that's why when I worded my answer, I said I stole you away because I know you would never mm-hmm. reach for one of the podcasters. Um, so I, I, I covered your butt there on that question. Um, we also got a question in from Daniel Sonnenberg on Facebook while we were recording, and it popped up on my phone, so I saw it. That's kind of the main reason why we're answering this right now. Uh, it also is kind of a quickie. Um, he even says, this is a quickie for the even team. Hey, guess what? I'm recording with the even team. Uh, <gasps> he says, I've noticed that Sentinel Prime's headmaster has sculpted teeth on his legs like Crash Bash does. Given that the design team or teams over at HazTech have been really on top of their planning or on top of planning their reuses and remolds from the outset, what do you think their intended beast integration is for this head? My first Titans Return purchases were Crash Bash and the Orange Space Racist, and it made me think for a while that all the Titan Masters were going to have teeth so they could work with the beasties. I, uh, that, that, that gave me a little moment because I actually had noticed the weird stuff on his legs myself. Um, it's... It's hard to say if it's teeth, though, because I thought, oh, my God, he's Crash Bash for a second. Then, you know, I saw he wasn't. And so I thought, why are there teeth here? Um, if you look around on the back of his legs on on uh, on Infinitus, I don't think they're teeth. I think that they are kind of Cassie Sark style kind of uh, parallel horizontal line detail because it wraps around and even inside of the, the rectangular slots on the back like of his legs. tank treads. Yeah, or it's you know, like space venting. Um, so I, I don't think those are meant to be teeth. I, and I I want to say that while completely acknowledging that I totally thought they were for a good day uh, back when I got the toy. Look at the inside of his legs. They also look like treads. Yeah. I bet that's supposed to be just like just tank treads, like pretend that the head potentially has a different mode, but it doesn't. Yeah. It, 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 and we it, have to put a little greebly detail on here so it doesn't look dumb and flat. Well, no, no other Titan Master off the top of my head has got detail on the inside of those rectangular bits, so that's that's kind of an extra level for this little guy. Because they, they even sculpted, so when you look at him from head on, it kind of looks like it's sculpted as though the rectangular slots aren't there, which is a clever little touch. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they're supposed to be. I don't think they're supposed to be teeth, unfortunately. But if they are. That would be super cool, and off the top of my head, if anyone's going to have teeth on their legs, it would probably be Snapdragon, if he's going to even happen. And I think there's a good chance he might happen. So, the know. whole thing about that Sentinel head is it's getting used for every Optimus Prime right now. Like, the back convoy in Japan is getting it. 
Yeah, and so, uh, like, what if that's an option just in case they do like the Gator Prime from G One? Hey, maybe. I mean, it, they're kind of blunt as teeth, but they they do look tooth like from the side. Could be the case, you know. Yet another. <laughs> it turns out all the Skull Cruncher repaint ideas have nothing to do with skull, like any. They're all Optimus and Megatron. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I think that's the case with with that dude. Although, you know, totally. It, it is correct to say that there is a lot of really on-the-ball on levels of pre-tool and, uh, and pre-redeco planning going on. Uh, I, th- I think it's a good thing. Because um, often I find redecos don't feel left field in a bad way now. <clears throat> I think it means we mm-hmm. might lose out on some really fun ones. Like, uh, I think Cybertron had some of the best kind of left field redecos ever. Um, between stuff like GTS versions or, or you know, just weird well, stuff like repainting yeah. the old man as Cup. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you had, out of nowhere, you had uh, Cup and Repugnus all of a sudden. Yeah, and it was, it was a pretty darn yeah. good little updated Repugnus. Mm-hmm. And then you come out with, well, like, the obvious one's Cannonball. Yeah. I think Cannonball is still kind of the, the pinnacle of a left-field redeco. Um, in a in a good long while, there have been other good ones, but Cannonball is like one of the go tos. Uh, you turn and you manage to turn an ambulance into like a pirate vehicle. You've done something really right. Yeah, and the the, the, the eye patch deco over the visor is inspired. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope that answered that question. Uh, we do have listener questions again, so you know, no rush or anything. We have at least one, so we're covered for next week. <laughs> Uh, but let's let's close up the show uh, with some what we got this week. I say that as though this is going to be quick, but it never is. Even when it is, it never is. Uh, any new Transformers on your guys' ends this week? Aaron, anything new for you? Yeah. Well. Uh, uh? I just said you, well. Oh, Skype on my end made that a big, huge pop. Oh, yeah. No, I, I just screamed white noise at you over the, <laughs> over the mic. Uh, got a brainstorm. Ooh, and also a J4ZZ. Well, Alfie got a J4ZZ, but I, I, it's here on the desk. I got a brainstorm at TFCon. Does that count? I sure. forgot if I talked about him. <laughs> uh, it was still sealed last time I saw. Oh, okay. Yeah, then I didn't. Okay, let's let's all talk about brainstorm. So the first question I'll ask is very similar to Blur. So that's mm. part of why Blur came up mentally for me as a topic. Does your front middle wheel pop out like crazy? No. No. Okay. Yeah, that's well, I'm mine special then. I'm poking Every time at it, I it, transform it, the wheel just shoots out. I'm poking at it now. It certainly isn't being held in place. Yeah, it is like I so I didn't realize it before, and that's I had to grab blur earlier. It I was like, was is that just like there's a nub there and there's just the two wheels that he actually rolls on? No, on mine that wheel very easily just comes out every it seems like every time I transform him. I end up chasing down a little turquoise okay. re- wheel. I never looked at mine, but my like when I poke the wheel on mine, it, it wiggles or it certainly isn't being held in very well. But mm-hmm. the way that it wiggles is it goes up and then kind of the, the bottom part of the wheel that's wider starts to hold it in place. Right. Um, also, I, I held mine next to blur. Uh, so as far as being a remold, his the shield is new. Um, obviously, the, the head is new. And his uh, upper arms are new, but I think everything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, and of course the sorry the tail fin, but everything the, else. Yeah, is the, the change yeah. in the fin. Yeah, 
And for some, given how much everything else is blur, he wears it super well, I think. Yes, it's it's mm-hmm. definitely a case where they had the, whatever we're calling it, the pre-tool in mind very early on. Yeah, and like you can tell to... that just from the mold pattern of the colors. Mm-hmm. And like for me, the, the only, only thing part... that's massively painted is that shield part, and yeah. everything else comes out very well. Which I can understand why, because if it's that dark gray part that's the new molding, that's that's on that same sprue, and everything else mm-hmm. has hinges and joints that can't be painted over, so it mm-hmm. has to be the 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 nose cone. Yeah, it's a good color yeah. match. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that kind of got to me about Brainstorm is that he still he still has that vehicle, the the core of the vehicle mode still matches blur so the cockpit's too far up. Yeah, yeah. it's uh it's it's very weird because I think the the reason why I like this Brainstorm a lot uh is and the, you know the reason why I skipped the San Diego one is cuz this one l- reminds me so much of the G1 toy. Yeah, uh, much more so than the IDW-esque one that came out in generations before. But the vehicle mode is like it's like anything but perfect. Yet, when I look at it, I, I don't know some about some about its 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 inadequacies. There's a there's something G one about it, not G one brainstorm, just G one in general. The stumpiness of it that like I don't know why <laughs> it works for me because it does look just a little too much like Blur. Yeah, like what what I think breaks it for me is the rear part of blur's vehicle mode is still there yeah 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 i feel like if that got remolded with the two tail fins and the blockier rear section of the old toy it would have broken that silhouette the way it needed to be yeah and then it would have also made the um like you would have got you would have ditched those sort of uh the the shin mounted blur thrusters on the robot mode legs and that might have done something too Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's like it's like all things considered, it's it's pretty darn good for what it's trying to do. Um, oh yeah, I, I really like the face sculpt on the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is something that uh, for me was like I got super nervous because hey, store exclusives are always hard to find, and then once it was out, every Walgreens in town had two or three or four, and the website had them. Yeah, and the, yeah, they've been available on multiple websites, so it it kind of. For the exclusive panic, change that up. Um, I really do like uh, continuing to make the um, extensive... I've got to assume that they're a different type of tampo um, that are the like the... Instead of stickers. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Because like the retro the, tampos. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I, I would assume it would be like a multi-layer tampograph. There's something about it that almost feel like kind of reminds me of screen printing in a way. Right, yeah, that's um, more what I was looking at. Like the silver is screen printed down or is put on, and then everything else gets put over top of it because it, all of them have a look that is definitely isn't like, hey, there's four different layers of paint here because invariably you'll end up with one that's just a touch off. Yeah, you can you know. That that's much less likely to happen in a real print process, but I vaguely recall, and I might be wrong. I got a feeling like there was a there was a, something about the Age of Extinction San Diego Comic Con set, the very G one oriented one. Mm-hmm. I believe, well, while making that set, they had developed a new way of tampographing these like G one sticker details on for Swoop. Okay, and I I want to say that's the first time they that I had heard that specifically pointed out by someone at Hasbro. And that might have trickled down into this stuff. 
Um, totally for the better, because it, it does look super sharp. Uh, and totally like, you know, the sticker that it wants to call back to. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think this Brainstorm is, is dead solid. The, the plastic colors are so friggin'... Like, I don't have my Brainstorm here in Toronto to hold them next to, but, like, the dirty, kind of slightly yellowy cream mm -hmm. so reminds me of a G1 toy. Uh, yeah. It has, to, it has to be very specifically intentional. Um, the only problem I have with them, personally, is that as much as all the, the, the art and the packaging has his shoulder wings flared outwards... In mm -hmm. robot mode, I think they look terrible when they're flared out in robot mode. Because <laughs> they stick up so high and angle up even higher and stick out so far. Like, they just look wrong to me. So I always fold them mm -hmm. back. Um, but yeah, it, it's super solid. Uh, it's it's a, you know, a shared molding of one of the best deluxes in the line so far. So it has that going for it. Um, I can't, Of course... I kind of wish that the two guns weren't molded onto the shield. Uh, I would have yeah, very much that preferred was, to that have those. That was one kind of disappointment. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I would almost say if if a you know if a Doctor Wu or some other smaller company was going to do just a, a replacement shield where the two guns remove off of there, so I can just because I don't like the blur gun as a like I, I like the blur gun when it's gray or silver. When it's painted green like Brainstorms, it just makes it look worse to me. <laughs> And it, it's not like a bad gun. It just doesn't look like Brainstorm's gun at all to me. Um, if I was going to ascribe a personality to him, it's a guy whose guns have fins on them. So I, mm -hmm. I, would, I would love to see a replacement uh, nose cone with removable fin guns somewhere down the road. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, TJ, any other thoughts you've got on, on Brainstorm? Not especially. Like I'm, I was kind of with you that I kind of prefer this over the San Diego version because it is intentionally trying to invoke the toy. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, prefer the San Diego one because it looks like the comic book. And I just like I, if you missed the Generations one, I can get that. But otherwise, it's like the, the Generations one is comic yeah. book brainstorm. Yeah, it's like there's not much in the others that are trying to be like comic book or IDW base. I mean, a little bit in chrome dome but that's about it and it's really it, it's it's mostly those face sculpts yeah um i mean yeah with chrome dome the wider shoulders also make me think idw a touch more but yeah it's it's primarily just face sculpts yeah so there's this part of me that would like that unit to be together in like the the closest match to each other that i could get yeah and i mean of course if you want the best match you got to go for the japanese versions with the super retro face sculpts Drop all that, drop all that dime on those like idiots like me are probably going to. Uh, when you when you get painted Titan Masters, it's like a new kind of drug, man. It's so good, it's so small, but it's so good. I have one. I can stop at one, can't I? No, it's no. <laughs> That's what I thought, and then I then I got me one. I got me one of them deluxes with the pack in vehicle that cost too much for what it is. But man, those Titan <laughs> Masters look so good. I've, I've, I got, I've got, I got I I can't let I can't let it go that far. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay at the the legends guys. Okay, I've got Bat Primal on pre order. Don't tell me that this is gonna it's gonna turn into something is what I'm telling Bat you. Bat Primal right now. something entirely different though that except that has that he, its own loophole. Except that he's literally the same. Except he comes with two headmasters rather than just one. He he is the exact yeah. same kind of package that all those other ones are. Y'all are gonna get sucked except into my for, world. Except for Bat Bat Primal isn't coming out. In the in the U.S., see, so that makes it different. 
Yeah, but don't you want? Don't you want? It makes it different. Don't you want sir. your anime accurate face sculpts? God damn it! They aren't even that different. Like when you hold them side by side, Hardhead's really different. But God, the two weird wolves—they look almost identical, except for the most, the barest, tiniest paint details. It's 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 so numb. I'm being so dumb. Oh, uh, any other Transformers uh, on your end, Aaron? Uh, the J4ZZ. Right. Uh, I want to get that. I'm not sure when, but I loved uh, the Generation Toy Constructicons I messed with. I felt like they really. They really nailed something about personal design identity and in-hand heft with those guys. So tell me, yeah. the, tell me that that J4ZZ turned out all right. He 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 turned out all right. All right. Um, I haven't gotten to play with him a ton. Um, because first off, it's it's not my toy. I don't want to be one mess with it. But um, I he's super poseable. Definitely pulls off the the look of the jazz character. Uh, in between the head and the overall like character identity kind of feel and then also just the pearlescent plastic that they used because when i saw it in photos it always looked like it was um paint like they'd put a like a like a automotive paint or something on the outside of it but that's actually in the plastic you look at the backside of doors and other parts that are made of that plastic and it's that that like metallic flake type of stuff baked into the plastic yeah and that makes it kind of even more impressive. Um, but no, he's he's cool. He's got a, a good heft to it. Um, the transformation bits that I got to see look like they were good and fun. Uh, those magnets um, for the doors is inspired. Mm-hmm. Like that, 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 was, whole, that whole gimmick. I, I, I got shown that like four or five times. Look! Look! Yeah, for, for those yeah. who don't know, uh, the way that... Because one of the weird things about transformers with doors when you want the doors to open is how do you fasten them in place in a way that isn't like hinky or weird or frustrating or you know whatever mm -hmm. so the, what they did is they just put magnets on so the ma the doors will magnetize into a closed position but if you pull on them they'll open it's the simplest solution but damn is it cool mm -hmm. but no it looks good um hopefully i'll get the chance to to transform it back and forth a couple times and really be able to report to you just don't break it. Yeah, no. I, uh, mm -mm. Alfie will kill you if you break it. Mm -hmm. Don't break it. Um, TJ, what about you? Did you get any other uh, Transformers on your end? Masterpiece Primal. Hey! No. Mine's paid for, but like, I didn't want to EMS him, and so I'm just going to wait for a while. So I, I've... I kind of just I've I've gone radio silence on 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 any video coverage of him. Tell tell me what he's like. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you want to discover this toy, or do you want to know what makes him cool? I kind of want to discover him. Like I don't want straight up spoilers. Just I don't know. Allude to stuff for me. Tell me. Tell okay. me things. I can ask you questions too. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So it's masterpiece quality. Just to get that right out of the way. So it it has like it has that feel. Like it is at worst as good as a tracks. Uh. Oh no, I much prefer this one to Trax. Okay, so it's better. Hey, you know, because I, I think Trax is fine, and if Trax remains the low bar, I think Masterpiece is in a good place. Yeah, in person, like just looking at him, he looks like Primal walked off the cartoon. So how's the effect on on the fur thing? That's that is part of what creates that illusion. 
Okay. Because the parts are still like molded smooth, so you still get a little bit of that gloss to them, but you can still see the fur texture over it, and there is this kind of feel to it. Like you, you can actually kind of feel the gaps between the lines of paint. Oh, cool. Mm. So he does have a texture to him, but he retains that smoothness, which is what makes him look like he has the CGI look still. That's cool. Like I'm actually kind of happy that he didn't come out in time to be seen in person at TFCon, because like I want, I want the visual experience of him to just be fresh when I get him. Mm-hmm. Like I've been seeing pictures of him coming up, you know. I mostly just like they're not reckoning it for me, but I scroll past most of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I all the thing I looked at was that GIF someone made. That thing has that might have set a record for how many times I've been sent the same picture. But it, damn, that is a cool bit of stop motion. Like that says so much about that figure. Oh yeah, I will. I will say like when it comes to masterpiece toys, we've talked about it before. We always look for that little trick, that thing that. The super clever bit of engineering you just don't get at the retail level. Mm. You know, things that like one of the one of the reasons I'm not too big on tracks is because I never got that out of him. Totally. This primal, uh this primal has a good one. Mm-hmm. And he does it three times. God damn! Okay, I'm psyched. I am psyched. That's so cool. <laughs> I was worried you were gonna say that like, you know, maybe at worst the thing is he doesn't really have like a moment, but if he has like if he, if what, okay, yeah, that's great, <laughs> that's great. Um, how so? As, as far as like in hand feel, you know, I always talk about hand feel. Um, I've I've always I've often held masterpiece Ironhide as like a shining example of like just excellent in hand feel. Like, where would you put Primal as far as that regard? Uh, Primal does have a good feel to him. There's certain elements to him because of the beast nature that make him a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, the beast mode, the beast mode itself does have those little flaws because, of course. There's just no hiding some of those components Vi- visually, totally. But like, do do the components lock in the beast mode, or are they? Is it is it like you know stuff can shift around while you're messing with them? Uh, there are a few panels that do like to come undone a little bit when you're undoing, but it's not it's not a deal breaker. It's nothing like major or anything. It's, it's not like his back splits open. Yeah, yeah. When you're trying to like, in particular, it's because. Uh, uh, the pegs inside of his shoulders in order to get him from like vertical to you know gorilla stance uh that's a really like tight peg in yeah so this, yeah so because you know they're trying to keep the robot mode shoulders solid but they still pop off so you can get them down on all fours so like a few things can come loose when you're doing that just because the the connection points are so tight but beyond that yeah still feels nice you know he's got he's got uh he's got ratchets where i need them so that's that's always appreciated that, that's a tweet i got where someone linked me to a video and said how do you feel about these ratchets and someone asking me that question with a link to a video made me not click the video because i was like if you're asking me that question i have a, i have a suspicion i'm gonna have a real fun time when i open that figure up mm-hmm. oh that sounds nice mm-hmm. <laughs> uh the other big question I have about him, because I've seen this be a talking point, which I think is quite a reasonable one, all things considered. He's a masterpiece of a character whose whose figures, you know, the, the you know the two major ones of that character that have come out uh, in past, both aged really well. Um, so would, would you say that Masterpiece Primal, is there anything about him that just categorically sets him a level above the previous Primals, or would you say that 
those figures still would be a reasonable enough representation of that guy. Like if people are trying to save um, up money. If you've got the anniver if you've got like the anniversary release of mm. the Ultra class, that's that's still a passable figure. But like I put out the tweet of like the two side by side. Yeah, you know, and my reaction was it is night and day. Because mm. even if the end result kind of looks the same, they're going for a show accurate primal kind of thing. The level of polish and the level of attention to the masterpiece is so much greater. And mm. there's so and the thing is, even though they accomplish the same thing, gorilla to robot, and even though you would think that's only done a certain way because hey it's a humanoid going into a humanoid the transformations are vastly different that's awesome that, that, that was honestly one of my biggest worries is that there is only so much you can because you know, his limbs are all doing something and ending up in the same place yeah and so you know technically there is only so much one can do mm-hmm. like but, I will I, mm-hmm. I will admit I will admit the arms their arms pretty much do the original and they're mm. pretty much the same you know aside from the fact that you know they don't have a like a like a big geared gimmick that's kind of messing with them the way the original one was that's what i figured one of the big gains would be is you know you, you're kind of ditching the chest pound forearm spin gimmick you know ditching a whole lot of that that clickety weird internal engineering yeah yeah that's a big plus not to collide with that every time you want to get him into a pose yeah uh the le- the legs are pretty a pretty different transformation experience completely and the chest has some elements of the original but again there's there's plenty of new on him what's really cool is like the legs being that different that animated gif uh, is is partly so cool because if the legs are very much different i cannot tell from that animated gif like i can see how there's like some thigh chunk moving down to the to the lower legs mm-hmm. but like it's 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 not like that that animated gif is so nicely done like it doesn't translate in a, in a distracting way at all and so it, it's it's like a, it was a way to see some stuff without really like seeing the whole picture um yeah. i was gonna ask you how the face swaps are uh the face swaps work pretty well all right like okay well i will i will admit i haven't tried swapping primals like robot mode face yet mm. but the grill one goes on on and off pretty easily like it's two pegs that hold it into place and it's just pull on push on sweet so those work out pretty well and you know they do look like the the face sculpts on the gorilla mode just excellent yeah that that thing looks gorgeous in every picture i've seen Mm -hmm. um he has leds in his eyes right uh yeah he does okay is it like batteries included or did you have to I be- no I think the battery's not included because uh, I've tried uh, I've tried clicking around nothing clicks on yeah I'm, I'm having that with uh, Masterpiece Shockwave because I have to go get some LR44s for his hand and I kind of just don't want to right now <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like of all the batteries to not include LR44s it feels like it should be illegal to not include those you never know yeah. You know, it's a it's a masterpiece. People keep them in box. You don't want to buy them ten years later and find it all corroded inside. I guess. Like, man, I, I kept hoping they'd be taped to the inside bubble or something. Um, yeah, that that, that primal sounds like he's pretty darn sweet. Uh, are you are you uh, 
I don't know if you got it, or if you if you got it, that's cool. But otherwise, are you thinking of getting that that banana crate mace? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I I got this because it's yeah, it it is like the primal I saw on TV, mm-hmm. and that primal didn't have the mace, so I'm not missing it right now. I am very proud of them for for after a joke I made, I think on I think on a podcast a while ago or last couple of weeks. They got the banana in there somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they they got the little dub reference in there. He finally gets his banana. Um, but yeah, DJ, it sounds like that is a solid stinking figure. Oh, it is. Uh, does it give you? Is it giving you hype for Cheetor? Very much so. Because like yeah. Cheetor is one of those I think needed it way more than Primal did. So I'm really eager to see how he came out now. Yeah, me too. Uh. And I, I think it says a lot that they that for the rest of the cast, like they they just sort of re-released Rhinox and and uh, Rat Trap, because uh, and Waspin Air. Like to me, that said, like those three characters, we feel we've done what we're gonna do. So we're just gonna give you two to finish them yeah, off. Yeah. Well, to be well, to be fair, like, well, well, that depends. We haven't seen like we have, we have, we don't really have like a size comparison of Cheetor just yet. Mm. So I don't I don't know how that came out, but. It feels like, yeah, like Rhinox and Rattrap can wait a while because, let's be fair, they're pretty low on the list, even if you are focusing on Beast Wars for a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like Megatron and Dinobot are going to be way higher on that priority. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that, like, if they're going to do two guys to match up in the line with Primal and Cheetor, it would be those two. Uh, I mean, that cheats a little bit because Dinobot was hardly ever really a Predacon, but, like, those two needed as much as Primal and Cheetor needed. Well, hey, even Hasbro did that. You know, Universe 2 came out, we want to do a new Cheetor? No, eh, we'll put in a Predacon Dinobot for him to fight. Yeah. And hey, you know who else needs a new toy? It's, it's Dinobot. Oh, yeah, that Dinobot needs replacing. Yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. Um, I'm glad that guy turned out really well. You got any, any other major things about him you want to cover? Um... Not especially like he's everything I really want. Like the only the only knock I can give him is he does have that front hinge elbow, so he's kind of has that floaty arm look if they bend too far. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like I've seen where toys have like a like a faux elbow that could extend out or stay in place that would have helped that a little bit, but like that's that's a nitpick at this point. Yeah, like, I mean it's it's an, it's a compliment to a figure if that's like on the highest priority of like downers. Yeah, because yeah, like if they could have had something where you know some internal elbow stuff was maybe, you know maybe like a disc of it was sculpted to go into the forearm so it would reveal as you bend the elbow. That would have been really cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's exciting. Because um, I'm I think I'm gonna wait until Inferno drops and then ship the box of Inferno and Primal, uh, just to to save on 10 or 15 bucks yeah but uh that just means i'm going to be even more excited when that shows up because you know ideally inferno will also have some of that really good engineering feel um i hope he does if he doesn't that would be a bummer uh so it'd be nice to get a two shot of that uh any other transformer stuff on your end no that'd be it Alrighty, uh, the main thing that I got to talk about is Mastermind Creations Carnifex, which is their their big release uh, of a figure that is basically the uh, IDW Overlord. Um, I was just gonna, I brought him over mostly because I wanted to, to show off his noises because you know, he he also makes 
fun noises. I dropped something. Uh, that's, that's a fun noise. That's a fun noise. Dropping a piece of him next to the microphone. His sh his shield fell off his shoulder because I was waving him around. But his shoulders are full of those like really buttery smooth ratchets, and then his hips are as well, with slightly clickier outward ratchets. He feels great. He's like a just a really good reformatted figure. He holds up to all the major tenets of the reformatted line, which is I feel very confident doing everything with him. Uh, he looks great. He's very tall, but he's not actually too heavy. Um, like a lot of his weights uh, set in his legs, but he's just—he's not super duper heavy because he is just all plastic. Uh, and he does—he's—he's—he looks heavier than he actually is. Um, it's just a great figure. Like like if you like IDW Overlord, this is worth picking up because he is very much meant to represent that character in a lot of ways. Uh, his transformation, I think, is really fun. I say this, I cheated a little bit. When I got him and transformed him, I just turned on uh, Wotaku, uh, Wotafa's video, because uh, that video is one of the best uh, representations of how to get through the shoulder transformation. And once you do it once, uh, it's incredibly easy to do afterwards. Like, the, shoulder, the shoulders have flummoxed a lot of people, because... Uh, you need close-up sequential images for those that the instructions just don't provide. Uh, and seeing someone go through them as slowly and clearly as Wotafa does, it's uh, it's a, it's trivial to get through them after that. Like it's it's a very clever system of how they work. The thing that's intimidating about them is there are like three moving hinges inside the shoulder pads to transform them, but there are also like three other moving hinges in them for the sake of posability and. The posability hinges don't really get used for transformation and vice versa, and that's the thing that can confuse you if you don't know that and haven't seen how they work. Like, once you know what hinges do what, it's like, okay, so I don't I don't feel like I have to use this hinge as well to transform it. It becomes way easier. Um, two vehicle modes are pretty darn strong. The combined vehicle mode is actually my favorite part, is like the tank splits in half and then can just plug onto either side of the jet mode as like gigantic treaded fast packs. Um, it's just a good toy. It is a really good toy. My All my nitpicks with it are, again, the kind of things where if this is the worst stuff I have to say, then this toy is doing a pretty good job. Uh, and it's weird to say this about Overlord, but my biggest problems are that his com I wish his combined jet mode was something that the robot could just transform into, because uh, mm -hmm. you still have to pull the legs off. But that means that I'm one of my complaints about an Overlord toy is that there's parts forming. <laughs> And I don't know how I feel about saying that, because the other main complaints are that his gun and his shield are integral parts of the alt mode, and you have to parts form them on and off of him, and there's nowhere to really store them on his robot mode except for the one place they're supposed to go. Like, the, the shield can go on his shoulder or his forearm, but there's nowhere for the gun to go if he's not holding it, and you can't, like, put the shield on his back or anything. And again, I, I feel kind of weird of saying that those are problems because those are all kind of integral to an overlord in the first place so I don't know it's like all my problems with him are problems I would have with overlord so I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very at a crossroads about how to, how to really encapsulate it all that said like I think he turned out great uh, also when you open his chest flaps there are like little macross missile spam pods but you can pull those out really easily and it leaves a thing that looks exactly like the kind of socket a Power Master would go into. Um, Will a Power Master actually fit in it? 
Oh no, these are these are smaller than a G1 Power Master slot. Okay, but I, I didn't get good enough of a look at it at TFCon. The, the, uh, the, the people that had them there of what the size was. The idea is that they might do an add-on kit of two Power Masters and replacement thighs that are white, mm-hmm. and then like a more G1 looking head. And so it's like if you don't like IDW Overlord, you can get this add-on kit, and it will make him into G1 Overlord. Um, yeah, like I guess as far as as far as non-parts forming problems, a halfway parts forming problem I have that goes beyond that is he's got these two swords uh, that can store on the side of his shield, and they kind of turn into the sides of the the beak of the jet mode. Mm-hmm. And you can't really leave them attached to the shield through transformation very easily. It's so hard to transform them with those attached to the shield, you really should pull them off and reattach them at the end. So it's kind of like the shield parts forms, but then there are two pieces of the shield that also have to parts form if you just leave the swords to the side altogether, it's almost okay, but the swords do so much to help the jet mode, you kind of have to put them on. So that that's where the, the parts forming is to a degree where it's completely on topic, but I wish it was a bit more integrated. Um, the only other thing is his smiling face has a, a, a strip of white paint app across the bottom lip. It looks like it might be a somewhat overzealous attempt to highlight his lower lip. It also looks like it might be meant to be exposed teeth, but the sculpt doesn't have the lips open. They're like in a, cl- a smile, a closed lip smile. So I don't know. These are the problems with the toy. These these extremely nitpicky things. Uh, as, as a core, uh, the core of the figure, the, the, the feel of the figure is super friggin' rock solid. It's totally reformatted uh, standard. Uh, he's not like a, a weaker feeling piece like Anubis or, or uh, Synicus. Uh they they went all out on on the build quality, so it, it turned out great. It's it's really good. It uh, it's it's definitely one of my top figures of the year. Um, I don't know if it's figure of the year, but it's it's among the top. If you liked IDW Overlord, like this is meant for you. So I, I, I was happy with this thing. Um, and that's about that about does it for my on topic. What I got this week. Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember what parts of my TFCon haul I went into detail on and what I didn't, but some of it I also still. Haven't really messed around with that much, so that's that. Um, Aaron, anything off-topic on your end that you picked up? Um, trying to think. Uh, got a new TV uh, upgraded from a 42-inch to a 55-inch for the living room, and I didn't realize until after we got it how much smaller that older TV was. That That's the thing with monitors, right? They're fine until you get a bigger one. Right. And it's not even like, um, I I think you know I was doing. There's like some ratio that you're supposed to do of like the diagonal distance across the TV is supposed to be like two and a half times the distance that you sit from it or something like that. And and this is a whole lot closer to that than what the other TV was. And yeah, it's about right. Huh. Um, it was, it's a Vizio, um, it's a 4K TV, but I don't have anything connected to it that will push 4K. Would you, but would you notice the, 4K though? Like it, and that's the thing. Looking at the TVs at the store, you can, you can tell a difference between them when it's a 55 inch 1080 versus a 55 inch 4K side yeah. by side. You can see the difference. Would I see the difference? Probably not. And also, that, the, that's when you're cresting 60-inch. Like, that's another level. Right. Like, but the the thing is, the price difference was like $100. Well, that's the upside right now, is that 4K is the new 
thing tagged onto every TV. Right. So you and so get my it thought way. was it was a decent, inexpensive way to future proof myself for that when I you know, upgrade receiver so that it can handle 4K and then I don't know what else is going to be pushing if I get the the Scorpio or whatever the next 0.5 console difference is um, you know that I may get some 4K content or upscaled 4K a little bit more but it was you know the price differential was minimal um for for something of that, that so that's how I, I ended up that. with a smart TV. Is yeah. when I wanted well, a new TV, that was. This is also a smart TV, so that's the other thing. So yeah, like while we had everything broken down for extra life, I thought, okay, well, I'll take the fifty-five inch. And I was like, I don't want to pack up the fifty-five inch, even though I'm only going a couple blocks. That's I mean, the forty-two inch mostly fills up the back seat of the truck. I don't know if I want to do the even bigger one. And I was like, well, I'm going to have my computer monitor that's got HDMI. I'll just a couple times I'm going to play on console, just connect that. And so we had everything broken down the night before and set up there. And they're like, man, it'd be nice if I had something to watch. Oh, wait a second. Open up, you know, Netflix on my phone. And since it's the smart TV connected to the same network, I can just bounce it from the Netflix app to the TV. And was like, oh, we can just keep watching Netflix and not have to use the xbox to pass it through oh, no, I, that's cool i don't even have to use a phone like there was a netflix app on my tv when i got it and a netflix button on the remote control i just had to log in and now if i push the netflix button it just knows it's me <laughs> so yeah ours does have that and we can fight through it however then it's we're using like if you want to search for something that you want to watch it's the worst up down left right for so uh, keyboard it would and be so it's just a whole lot easier to just fire it from the phone. It would be, except the Netflix, at least on my on my TV, the Netflix app has gotten really good, and I don't know specifically how. Uh, I think it's a lot of search algorithms. I never have to punch in more than about two or three letters before I can already see on the grid next to the search, like the, the thing I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's like, because it is terrible to type on a TV remote control, but if I wanted to watch like Deep Space Nine, I'd have to put in D-E-E, and it would be right there. Right. So it's like... It, it used to not be that good, but but that that app it's actually spooky how that app updates itself. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes I turn my TV on and like the app's different, and I'm like, because I I'm I usually try to make apps ask me to update them first, just as a, a certain means of wanting to have control over my technology. But I, I can't do that with my TV, and so my TV sometimes just updates itself, and it freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Is that, so that's all. You just, just got a new TV. That's all I did. New, new TV, third copy of a board game. That's about it. Bald. You got. You got. I'll, some I'll bald? be. I'll be talking about all the all the sick uh, um, scullies that I'll be getting to keep my head warm. You should just get a head tattoo that keeps your head warm forever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's not happening at all. So a huge tattoo of your own face. So when you lean your head down, it's still you looking at people. Sure. That's what I'd do. I wouldn't do that, actually. Uh, DJ, any off-topic stuff on your end? Uh, yeah, I got a few things. How many times have I said on your... I, I say that constantly this week. I'm saying that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm really disappointed. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Get vocabulary. Yeah. 
Um, I dipped into the Sentinel thing for the first time with a four-inch null Mega Man .exe. Nice. I I really want to pick up one of, one of the four-inch null figures. I just haven't yet. No, I figured this is my first foray. It's going to be Mega Man. It's the the Battle Network design for him. Yeah, I heard that one turned out better than the classic one. That's unfortunate. Oh. Uh. See, I didn't go for the classic one because, like, the thing for Mega Man for me is just, like, how smooth that design looks. Yeah. So to have that many cuts for all the joints and really deep, obvious cuts. Like, the Figuart's got a bunch of them, too, but it kind of blends better. Yeah, because um, this is all third-hand. This is just me reading Twitter, mostly. But from what I saw, the classic one, because I'm cool with the cuts if it means, like, superposability. The problem with the classic one is his neck joint is so engineered... Uh, that there are, the way I heard it described by multiple people is there are too many moving parts. And then on classic Mega Man, despite all that, his head still does the thing where it tilts when he looks from side to side. Because his head sculpt gets in the way or something. So, like, his head still tilts when he looks left and right. Even though there are a bajillion moving parts in his neck. Like, it just sounds like it, it ended up being the, the lemon of the line so far. Okay, for the EXE version, I had a lot of problems with his neck, too. I, yeah, I heard just in general between the two of them, over-engineered neck was the most common thing. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't think it's so much as over-engineered, because, okay, so the way the neck, the neck piece itself has two pegs on hinges. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pegs into the, you know, peg into the head, it can hinge back and forth there, and then peg into the body, hinge back and forth, and it can twist on both of those pegs. So you you think that'd be a lot of range of motion, except the peg into his body is at a slant. And for some reason, that one isn't nearly as tight as the one in his head. So anytime you go to turn the neck, the one that's diagonal into his torso is the one that wants to turn. Oh, bummer. Yeah. So always puts his head and his neck at a really weird angle, unless you do the rebel tech thing of pull the whole thing apart, twist it the way you want, and then plug it back together. I hate that. Yeah. Um, beyond that, uh, a lot of the joints, like a lot, the jointage was weird on mine where some stuff was like really tight on one side to the point where it felt like it couldn't get the same like range of motion that the other side could. And like once that loosened up and once I got all, once I figured out how all the parts are supposed to bend, I wasn't getting like most of the other joints wasn't getting me the friction I needed. Mm-hmm. Like the joints are all there and they hold poses, but it all feels like it moves a little bit too easily. Yeah. You know, and it's weird because I can see where like the Sentinel price tag comes into play, you know, because I was talking about those floating elbows on primal, uh, the knees and elbows on this guy are brilliantly engineered. So like you bend that knee and the knee goes like, well beyond 90 degree and not only is there like a stretched knee that comes out but at the base of that stretched knee there is a cap that covers up the gap at the top of his boot cool so yeah he's got a lot of little engineering there to make that uh to make that as seamless as it can get Mm -hmm. so i can see where there's a lot of little bits of extra engineering in there uh you know at the same time He's got a bunch of swappable arms and weapons he can do, and they do not want to stay pegged into his arm for anything. That's a bummer. Yeah, like, just for... Again, like, 
things pegging in at odd angles. He's got this little hook of plastic that's supposed to go over the back of the elbow and kind of complete the look on the back side of the arm. But what it's doing is forcing the attached arm out of the actual socket. So, like, I'm trying to keep his sword intact, and I have not once been able to get his elbow to bend without that sword kind of popping off and having to reposition the whole thing. I want to, because it's hard for me to, to really get into this over audio also without having the toy. I'm curious about the materials use, because it seems like a lot of things that are going wrong... Are, are plastics not playing with each other the way that they would in a perfect world? Um, I'm not sure so much about that. Like, like with, with, you know, like with some joints being tighter than others, with, with the, the wrong neck peg holding tighter than, you know, the one you want to move, etc. Yeah, it just feels... I don't know if it's so much material. It just feels like the engineering wasn't quite worked out. Yeah, because some of those parts seem like if, I don't know, if, if if different receiving sockets were different kinds of materials or something, like, because some of that stuff reminds me of figures that are made entirely out of, like, uh, PVC, not, not, not like, in the, the squidgy way, just, like, there was a period where, uh, oh, what's a good example? There was, like, a Ray Dean that was made once entirely out of plastic, but all the materials didn't really play with each other that nice. And so all of his joints just felt very wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard—it's hard to put to words, but yeah, it, it, this, this actually really makes me want to mess with one even more because, like, because <laughs> because I I I totally know what you mean by those problems, but I want to know like I want to know if it was like a, a an on paper engineering thing that could have been improved, or if it was just if if different plastics were used in conjunction with each other. Like for me, it was really disappointing because mm-hmm. like. Sentinel has a particular price tag. Like for a little four inch guy here, this was like thirty six bucks. Yeah, and like I I think like at least a third of that comes in the display base that he has because it's freaking heavy. Yeah, <laughs> like there's no level of earthquake that's gonna make that toy topple over. It's just it's such a shame that there's still this up and down with Sentinel because like when they're good, they're friggin' good, but. It's almost like when T-Rex isn't... Unless T-Rex was involved in 4 inch and all, I'm not sure. But, like, if you don't see T-Rex's name on something, it's almost like that's that's the sign to wait and see if, if you know, it goes well with other people. Yeah. Although, that said, like, I heard Riobot Majin Kaiser had some real QC problems. Um, like, on a, on a fairly large scale with his construction. Uh, so, the, the, yeah, some, some, some misses have been coming out of them this year. Yeah, like I had uh I had the two like one of the exclusive two packs on pre order. It was like Cut Man and Super Mega Man. Yeah. So I yeah. got I'm one of those crazy Mega Man fans that actually likes Mega Man seven. And I always wanted a figure of that like super armored up Mega Man. Wait, seven was the last SNES one, right? It was the only SNES or one. The only C- I love that Mega Man. People don't like that one? Um it's really weird. Like, because the sprites are a lot bigger, there's not as much space to remove, so a lot of people didn't like that. I guess. It's just, I, I, I always, I mean, maybe it's because I like the X series a lot. I thought that Mega Man 7 was also super solid. Oh, I thought Mega Man 7 was solid. Well, like, well, you're comp- you, can't, you can't compare it to the X series. Like, that's just magnificence. Yeah. But that aside, like, if it, my experience with this one did kind of make me cancel that pre-order. And, so and understandably, like, because yeah. I, I, 
unless I'm misremembering from everyone who got both that I know uh, or read, you know, on Twitter uh, or who show up in retweets, it seems like the XF version had turned out better than the classic one. This is strange. That makes me want to see what the classic one turned out like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, that's a shame because, like, it seems like Fortunal right now is mostly just it's mostly Mega Man and Getter Robo pilots. Um, and I, I still want to know how 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 it continues to turn out because, like, it's a it's a great scale to operate in uh, when you are a company that has really good minds for articulation design. Uh, but it, it's to me it just sounds so much like there's just a lot of uh, a lot of materials use that needs to be looked at because if it is like you know sticky joints or not sticky joints or pegs not playing right or you know stuff just dislodging when you don't want it to to me a lot of that stuff can be solved through materials use in my own experience as a consumer mm-hmm. so, nonetheless I mean, you know <laughs> I we, we're saying all this and I'm I'm sure as someone who's more of a casual Mega Man fan, I'm not seeing the whole perspective of if you are a Super Mega Man fan, you don't have anything else to turn to, really. True. I mean, Ooh, they, they they just had that uh, announcement well, of 66 Action doing some Mega Men. Uh, yeah, and super excited for that because it actually has a Legends Mega Man in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that'll get me back, Sentinel. Yeah. No. Moving on, um, I did put together my first Lego modular in a year. Or oh, saw. yeah. Hmm? So I have the pet shop now. It is It is joined my San Francisco-esque lineup of buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm quite happy with it. Like, I always love building these things from the ground up. Like, I have so much more fun, like, actually constructing the buildings than, like, you know batman vehicles or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. like um there's part of me that's kind of interested in like the idea that like the big thing that this one like aside from like how complex the pet store itself is there's this amusement to me that it's offset by the fact that one of the buildings is just empty and being painted Mm-hmm. This is like yeah, it's getting on, moved into. That's moving boxes. There's yeah, there's the, moving the boxes. Painting. Yeah, the instructions want me to like have him painting diagonally, which I, is kind of a questionable approach. That's why it's, well, still it's, not it's that it's that first layer of paint, man. It's just get it on there. <laughs> no, so like, there's part of me that's going well. Like that's like that feels like a cheap cop out. So they didn't have to design a room in this particular room, but at the same time, it's life happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's not just like oh well, it's just it's it's a little kitchenette little thing no 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 it's like it is yet to be it's in its in its in its infancy like that that's a little that it still has like a level of interest even though it does kind of feel like they just kind of skipped a room. I I'm just realizing I still have to build mine. <laughs> I've had the thing for a while. It's it's a good build. Like like I always say, that is the one that was my intro to modulars and I recommend as the uh the kind of gateway. I th- I think it's cuz I don't have anywhere to put it when it's done. Yeah, so. but see that one you can put in two halves. Yeah. And you know, I got to convince myself not to try to stream building it. Yeah, that don't. is 
That no. is that is a dumb, dumb thing to do. I'm convinced again. Now I just need a place to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to clear off a shelf just so I could have all the buildings together now, which looks amazing. Mm. Like that, it's just impressive to see that many bricks. Just, just like the knowledge that I put all of that together. Yeah, it's just something really cool about seeing it all, all in this one massive block. Well, and the modulars are like the most like there's the most intention for that visual in them than any other Lego thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're meant to be lined up and and to look impressive when lined up. Um, have any of them been discontinued lately, or are they still modulars? Uh, the last one to fall off, I think, was the pet shop. Is it discontinued? Yeah. I, yeah, they only have like three or four going at any one time. Well, I just okay. bought the pet shop. Like, did I you buy it in a Lego store and at a Lego store? Uh, no, that was online. Online on the Lego shop. Yeah, so it might it might have been leftover okay. stock. It. I don't think it's on the um in the catalog anymore. Um, because I'm getting them like freaking bi-weekly now because it's coming up to holiday time. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's like, hey, really, in case the last one disappeared, here's another one. No, it's cool. We're good, right? You you one of those? <laughs> Enjoy yeah, <but> I, it. <laughs> I know they're gearing up the next one in January, so I would yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, I, uh, I would imagine I'm, if it's not canceled by now, it's probably getting discontinued very quickly. Trying to find um or buildings, interests, buildings. Um, sorry, I'm I'm actually doing research during a podcast, which is <laughs> yeah. always we've had math, we've had research. We're all squinting at you right now with a big frown. Uh, detective's office, Parisian restaurant, Palace Cinema, Pet Shop is still on the list currently, but I think that is the oldest. I bet I got a feeling like because it has the two buildings, the Pet Shop, they might just keep around for a while. Well, the thing is, so keep around for a while. It's like they they've are they just discontinue them once they're out basically they have one production run it's the reason why the tower bridge is held on for so long oh because like they made them they still have them in stock and it's i i would believe that it's like once it hits whatever balance point of we don't have enough around to support uh you know, every store to have them that then that's when they discontinue. Okay. Cause, cause I mean, even then though, I, I've, I've got to assume the pet shop must've had a big production run. Cause you're not the first person to tell me that that's like one of the most recommended intro ones, uh, as far as modulars. So like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't have any data, so there's that, but, yeah, I, but I, I tended to assume that a lot of people buy the pet shop. Well, eventually they do have to kind of make way for new ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Cause like, They've already got four other modulars in production right now, and a fifth is coming out in January, aside from the pet shop. Well, like I said, I don't even know if they're in production. Because they might, yeah, you're saying they're like just they still in stock. Them, yeah, because, they make them all in one go. So, like, right. I, it just makes me wonder if they made a whole ton of the pet shop, maybe because it's such a good intro set. Well, it could, you, it you could figure be. they make they you figure they make these for what at least what at least two years to just have them sitting around in the warehouse. And see, that's, again, though, knowing the way that Lego gets made, I could see them, like, basically what it comes down to is their factory gets set up to run bricks. 
And if they know what's upcoming, of course, they're going to make what they're going to make. But the same like red two by two standard brick that, okay, that gets used in eight pieces that may all come off of the same line from the same run. It's not like with action figures where you're going to have this set of sprues. Um, I know when they were talking about when they made the um, Lego Ideas um, exosuit armor was there were some parts that they had to change from the original design because they didn't make those pieces anymore. And they went with the green-bodied astronaut because they were making turtles. So they had green torsos and green legs at the time that they could put different screen printing on. So um, I know that they have to work within the confines for the most part of the molds that they have. They've been able to make a couple of new things and do things with new colors for modulars. And they also often will talk about that in their videos of like, Hey, first time ever, this is in X, Y, Z colors. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that they have some place that's still churning out palace cinemas or Parisian restaurants or even detectives offices. Maybe the brick bank will get a additional run in its first year but after that, they've moved on from those from that hardware and those molds, and it's probably a whole lot easier for them just to say, "Okay, we're going to make a hundred thousand, and that's it." If it sits in a, you know, distribution warehouses in two or three places, that's okay. Um, because there was the fire station, I think, or. The town hall, maybe, got retired more rapidly than a normal, like, five-year cycle. Mm. And it was, well, yeah, it was uh, it was the fire station. It was like, that was, you know, uh, the first that actually I think was branded as, like, the in the modular style, where the first one was, like, a one-off thing, and then it was a Lego creator thing, and then it, it kind of bounced before it found a home. And it was like, yeah that was a super popular one. And as soon as they became super popular, it went away and it's not like they could just, it's not like there's a mold for them to fire up and produce more. There are quite a few molds and then they got to be using that color too, because you know, the, the brick bank has that seafoam green. And if there's nothing else using that seafoam green, then are they going to go and order a bunch of that ABS just for one part? Probably not. I still think it's really weird that the pet shop is still around. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I st- like just like with all those reasons, the more that I learn about Lego production, the more I don't believe the pet shop is still around. <laughs> There's part of me that also thinks that among the ones that are out, the pet shop is probably the least interesting and probably the one that especially new people to the modular sets would be avoiding more often. I guess it's just like, it, it, might, gets, it gets it gets recommended. Be, it doesn't so have much. a strong a theme. Yeah, because, like, okay, the Palace Cinema is just kind of beautiful on its own. That's the first one I started with because it looks so impressive together. You know, the detective's Mm -hmm. office has, you know, a better theme to it. The Parisian restaurant has a stronger theme to it. You know, know, at appearance, the pet shop is just, you know, like, just some, like, stacked apartments. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... I I always hear about it being the intro one. maybe, Maybe it's more recent that people get it as the intro one. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like even the pet shop even has the whole thing of like it's worth buying too because you can get a couple of those brown buildings. Yeah, and, and that brownstone actually I have seen at quite a few Lego conventions of people making 
multiple like colored versions of that brownstone so you could imagine like four of them side by side in like the two color browns and then two color blues and then two color you know greens and then like mirroring it back and forth like you'd imagine a downtown brownstone being yeah all of this amounts to me being confused as to why a thing that should be in, pl- in plentiful supply is in plentiful supply. So mm-hmm. eventually, I've got to I've got to stop myself and go like, "What are you complaining about?" Even, but uh, I want to. I got to build my pet shop. I should do that this month. You should. I should sit down and make a nice evening of it. Without a It'd webcam, it'd be probably a couple of evenings Cal- without a webcam. What do yeah, I don't? So how do you don't? How do you do? I guess you just build a bag at a time and then just set everything aside. Yeah. Well, the thing is, so the pet shop is set up so that you build each half separately. All right. So it's not like it's built all as one because it's the two halves. Yeah. Like you, you go through like all the bags that have number one written on it and what you're, you're just left with a box Mm -hmm. and you just set the box aside. And the next day you pick the box back up, open up all the twos and, build the box that goes on top of that box alright this is this is all rather complicated but I think I could pull it off yeah I'm gonna give that a try um anything else on, on your end TJ um I have my my, my uh instant collection of Common Rider X-Aid stuff Did you just get it all in one whack yeah alright cause I was waiting <laughs> I was waiting for the belt because, like, I had the normal belt on pre-order, and then mm. noticed, oh wow, that's like super limited on its own. I need, I like, so at the last minute, I switched to the, the full set with the holder and the extra gash at and all that. Yeah, and so like I had to wait an extra month. So I'm just like, okay, we'll just like stockpile gash shots and okay, we'll get the big dumb hammer. The hammer looks legit though. Like that looks like a decent for a roleplay okay. weapon. Okay, the the hammer is just kind of goofy fun yeah. as they go. I will say maybe it's just mine, but uh was not impressed with the actual like effects of it. I like, don't remember everything it does. Okay, okay. Well, the the only core thing you have to know is like okay, you hit the A button on it. It and it it doesn't flick out the blade, it just unlocks it. Yeah. So then you flick your wrist and the bottom half flips out then the top half springs out except on mine the spring isn't strong enough to keep the top of the blade out okay yeah so it just kind of like sags back into the blade and it's uh, it is sadness it, it it's 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 a little it's a depressing little sword is what it is <laughs> it's a it's a fun dumb like whack-a-mole hammer until you actually want to try the sword mode yeah Uh, but that that one's mostly uneventful. Like the one that was like like the gamer driver itself, that was hard to put down. So like, I I think to me, like as far as I can tell, the only major hurdle to get over with that that particular belt toy is that it's ridiculously expensive. But you know, once you get past that part, it seems pretty cool. Here's the thing, I got to thinking about this, so. Yeah, it's expensive because it's just a plastic box with like a like a mirror box in the center. Yeah. But at the same time, I look at some of the other belts and like the drive driver and the ghost driver were both quite a bit more expensive at retail price. Like 
you know, the, you know, those retailed like north of like 7,500 yen when they came out. Yeah. Whereas this one, like this one's back to where like belts used to be around the 6,500 range. And that's if you're not buying it from like an HLJ that cuts up 20% off of that to begin with. Okay. I, I, I also haven't really been paying attention to belt prices for a good long while. So that, that probably was lost on me. Yeah, so like the pri- the price of the core belt is down from where it used to be. Like what you spend on like the drive driver and how complex its electronics are, are right out of the gate is pretty much what it costs to get like the full setup with like the side holder and the extra parts. Okay. And like you do need that. I will say that. Cuz the way I describe Gashats is guy memories on steroids. Yeah, they look they look beefy. Here's the cool thing. They can tell what side of the slots they're in. And regardless of whether it's like one of the main rider ones or one of the power up ones, mm. they both have effects for both sides of the belt. It's like if Gaia memories could tell what side of the driver they were on. Oh, cool. Yeah. So any two work together and do like the light and sound combination thing. Oh, that's um, that's like what the the Gaim belt did with the add-on chunk, where all of the uh, the lock seeds had a, uh, you know, I'm I'm in the the lemon, not the lemon armor, but the you know the the no, second no, form thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the name kind of eludes me right now too. Jimba stuff. Yeah, the Jimba. <laughs> but yeah, they they all had the the thing to at least acknowledge, like, oh, I'm gonna wait before I fire off. Yeah. So this is the same thing. So like if you're if it's in the secondary one, like even like the default Mighty Action X, yeah, uh, it has a second. It has a a delay, so it lets the first one go and then it goes on the second. And both and it has a uh, different effects for both sides. Yeah, which uh, is I, I have one question about it because it's the only thing I can't really get from videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are the speakers on the Gashats? Uh, they could be a little bit better. Okay, are they are they just uh, not loud enough, or are they kind of tinny? Um, they aren't tinny. I'll give it that. Like they are decently loud. I think the bigger problem is if you're like watching it from the front to see all the light effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, the speakers face sideways, and they have a little bit of a space where they can uh, direct sound upwards as well. If you're actually wearing the belt. Okay. So like if you're actually looking at it from the front, there's no speaker pointed at you to deliver the sound, and because the gashets are so close together. The first one does get a little bit muffled just because it's sound colliding into the second one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the thing I'm always wondering about with uh, especially like, you know, Lockseed style ones cuz Lockseeds and Gaia memories, there there's definitely a range on doubly so on Gaia memories. There's a huge range on speaker quality mm-hmm. uh from from, you know, stick to stick. Oh yeah. Yeah, well yeah, especially like if you're going into the old ones where it's like you know, like the newer they got, the better the tech got. Oh yeah, like the, the old candy toy ones. Where oh they were, god, those were horrible. They were brutal. Yeah, but no, like these were just so much fun to just kind of swap around, see how the sounds worked, and the light box itself works so well. Yeah, because it's like it doesn't blend the colors at all. It's just like this perfect projection of the two. So you get this interlaid color effects if you've got the right ones in. And that that does carry in video. And that that's, I think, probably the highlight of that whole gimmick is, yeah. uh, is having that sort of pseudo 3D effect of the colored layers stacking on each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it hits the thing in me really well. Like, it looks super cool. 
Yeah. It's like there's such a part of me that's impressed by like not only have we like created Gaia memories that work on both sides, but they can also you know, that was the old that was the old thing about like lock seeds and Gaia memories, since the sounds were all like already in there. Then mm. since it was all with all self contained within the gimmick toy itself, you could just make them forever. And yeah. just make whatever sounds and everything you wanted. Since all of it is in these now, including the visuals, you can literally do anything for as long as you want. Like, it is just like a massive range. If you could, if I knew the kind of, uh, if I could knew the kind of paint that caught the light and shined like the color through, you could just like wipe the paint off of these and just make your own. Just make whatever display image you wanted in it. Yeah. Like, it's it's a really fun gimmick. It like, makes me super excited about the Legend Rider stuff. Because uh, whenever you have one of these gimmick lines where stuff is self-contained, it seems like there's three times as much passion into setting up the soundboards for callback items. Oh, yeah. There's such a part of me that wants that common ri- that the uh, double set. You know, where you have a Cyclone and a Joker gash at. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could, like, you could work them just like the old ones. You could flip them around. You could have, like, the purple side and the green side in the display. Yeah. There's, there's just, it, it, I think it was in the, um, the, the, the Lockseed ones where it just felt like right down to the scripts that they had the voice actor read who did the, you know, the, the, the Lockseed voice. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just full of love and, like, a good kind of nostalgia. Um, right. for, for what had come before. You know, the belt, like, the belt itself is, like, some of the most fun I've had with a rider belt. And, like, just satisfying in a way that some, like, the Ghost Driver didn't really have. Yeah. Like, because there's something really satisfying about the gashets. Like, as soon as you plug it in, it just starts the sequence and there's nothing you have to do. Yeah, But yeah. it's this really satisfying kerchunk and then all of it just happens and like it's got the big handle like the big forze handle but you're giving it this big pull reveal rather than just that little eh, which I, I i never liked on the old belt like it's just like there's motion and there's like like just just satisfying in everything you do there's also part of me that really likes that the gash hats don't have an on off switch oh they do hmm. they don't Oh, okay. So it's like I will never have to worry about accidentally leaving these things on. Like, oh, okay, I, yeah. Like, that's that's kind of like that's kind of like a lot of the uh, the a lot of the old candy toys, right? Like, you, as long as you just have that plastic thing, if you're worried about the batteries, you just kind of stick it in. Yeah. Well, like this one of the things I didn't even realize is like if I want to play with a double driver, I just grab it, start shoving memories in, and everything works great. You know, and and I it got me like it was the drive driver that drove me nuts because mm-hmm. inevitably I would forget to turn off either the wrist piece or the belt itself. Okay. So there's just something satisfying about just pick it up and play. Yeah. I, I, I'm just happy that the thing is turning out so well. I still haven't watched the show at all. So I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'm, I'm going too soon because Keith wants to do a thing, but like I'm, I'm, enjoying the fact that it seems a whole lot of folks are having a turnaround on it because i figured i figured it would follow that weird unspoken pattern where if the suit looks really dumb the show ends up being really fun 
to That's it. the impression I get. I haven't gone too far into it myself. Okay. Like, I know Keith's been just, like, over the moon for the show. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out sooner than later. But it's 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 on my growing to do list before 2017 of things I want to watch. But probably sometime this month, there's gonna be a whole lot of time spent catching up on stuff. Yeah, I need to do that too. But um, yeah, is there anything else in, in your pile other than uh, the belt and the and the hammer and the, a bunch of things? No, belt, hammer, monkey. That's pretty much it all right um anything else on your end off topic no that's that's it for me okay because i don't really have any off topic stuff uh to cover uh, that i can recall i've mostly been sticking to transforming robots of late so good on me i don't know if i ever mentioned it but i actually did get a black series death trooper uh he, you know my other black series toy i wanted to get from rogue one i forgot if i talked about him on here or not but he's fine. He's pretty good. He's he's like a he's better than the than the Black Series First Order Stormtrooper. He says this really weird thing where and and I it's given how good the sculpts tend to be on these things, I got to assume it's intentional. But the Death Trooper is really tall and thin and gaunt and lanky, and it's weird. And I've seen theories going around as to why that might be. So I'm, I'm curious if that's if that is intentional or if it's just a weakness of the toy. Like I really don't know. Uh, but it does make him look spooky. Um, other than that, uh, I haven't really got anything else new to talk about. So I'm going to close us up here and say thank you all for listening. Thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me. And uh, if you are not listening to uh, anything that isn't a numbered episode, there are some things for you to catch up on. Uh, we've got an interview with Sid Beckett of Unrustable Bastards. That went up as a supplemental by the time you're listening to this. And uh, shortly after this goes up, I'm going to start getting together the recordings of the TFCon Chicago podcast panels. There were two of them, and uh, I haven't downloaded it yet, but the audio for them is all cleaned up now. So I'm going to go grab those and put some uh, intros on the front, and those will be coming out after this episode. So you can hear our two podcast panels that we did with uh, Transmissions, Shattercast Uncut, and Aaron, what was the comic book one called? It wasn't called Space Bridge. Oh. Um, Podcast Maximus. Podcast Maximus. Yes. So uh, those will be going up as well if you want to hear uh, how things went there. Um, anyway, that's all. I'm uh, I'm zoning slightly. It's all that work I did over the weekend. I'm just fooling. Yeah, it's almost midnight here, and I really want to go to sleep. Well, Aaron, you can go to sleep, because we are done! Oh,